0: All right, 2 o'clock means time for me to uh, do my thing, so I am here and ready to go. Blair Ellis is going to join us right off the bat because our laughable, lovable socialist has been in Arkansas. Bernie Sanders has been here in the state, up in northwest Arkansas, uh, acting as a proxy for a person uh, up at uh, Walmart. And a power- Alice? What?
3: Alice Walton?
0: I don't know. It didn't take her place. Went up to the Walton, hanging out with the Waltons, kind of castigating them for not giving up enough of their money to their workers. Kind of, you know, his doing his thing and jumping on them for not uh, paying fifteen dollars an hour. And uh, Blair, this guy doesn't miss a beat, does he?
4: You're sure right. Uh, Bernie Sanders never misses an opportunity to tell people, uh, specifically businesses or the government, how to spend its money. Um, Because, of course, that would not be something that businesses would know how to do on their own. In Bernie's mind, he feels (laughs) as though he knows best. (laughs)
0: That's exactly Uh, right. That's what he does. Real quick, let me just go ahead. Finish up.
4: I was just going to say, it doesn't shock me for a minute though that he's using this as an opportunity to parade around and, and kind of wag a finger at small businesses um, and ones that, that have you know benefited under Trump's tax cuts. Needless to say, and and uh, because of Trump's tax cuts, doesn't doesn't strike me for a minute that he's he's wagging fingers at Walmart trying to tell them what to do with their money, and and um, it, that is just wholly like Bernie to to assume the attitude of he knows best.
0: But well, did you see that yesterday? He said. I'm not talking about Russia socialism or Venezuelan socialism. Did you see that?
4: Oh yeah, well, I wonder what he, what kind of socialism he is talking I about. I have no idea. I didn't know there was all work. kinds of
0: different brands. I didn't know like it was Baskin <laughs> Robbins. You know what I'm saying? Uh,
4: <laughs> apparently, there's multiple varieties and flavors, and maybe, maybe in his mind, one is more, uh, one is tastier than the other. But I think we all know what socialism, uh, socialism inevitably turns into. Yeah,
0: that's what they all say. They all say that the only reason it didn't work wherever it is that it's failed is because they didn't do it right. And we're going to do it right.
4: Right. Totally. He says the Soviet Union and Venezuela apparently don't count as examples (laughs) of failed socialism, which I just think is so, so rich, uh, you know, know, in terms of criticizing socialism that he's like, don't bring up the Soviet Union or Venezuela because those aren't good enough examples. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I just wanted to go do my honeymoon in Russia. I didn't go over there to learn anything. I just went over to have a honeymoon over there. Yeah, he's he's interesting, but how did he get some some stockholder gave him the ability to be a proxy for them? Is that how this happened?
4: You know, I'm not I'm not clear uh, kind of the inner workings of of how he's he's been able to finagle that role. Um, But I do think it's really fascinating that that Sanders himself and it's not pointed out a lot, but Sanders himself is is a millionaire, if not a billionaire. He owns three houses, earns more than a million dollars annually. And the fact that, you know, he's going on he's going on to try and wag his finger at businesses and tell them they need to, you know, the $15 minimum needs to be abided by and yada, yada, yada. I just I think there's a lot of hypocrisy coming from, from Bernie Sanders on this topic.
0: Now, we were talking about him yesterday. I've picked him as he will win eventually the uh, nomination from the Democratic Party. That That's my prediction. And then up against Trump in 2020, he it will be a replay of the Reagan-Mondale uh, <laughs> race at that point. It's going to be pretty quickly taken care of.
4: You know, I, I you know I, I'm not really sure yet who I think is going to be a front runner in the the 2020 race. I know they're, they continue to kind of all try and out left each other, and he is certainly though someone that is that is promising to transform this country with his left wing vision of, of economic and environmental what he calls justice. Uh, I think it, I, many would call it kind of radical, you know, ruins. Um, but but he is certainly somebody that is uh, doing his best to try and sway the Democrat Party further and further left, and, and you know it, it never ceases to amaze me that. Types of, um, the types of things that he says and the policies that he stands for. And then what he's trying to propose as um, you know, opportunities when, when in reality we know what socialism is going to turn into. And it's going to be complete and total devastation uh, for the country's, you know, economy, our health care system, everything.
0: Right. It amazes me that the Democrats continue to run as leftist as they are. Even Biden is getting sucked into it now. America, I I don't believe, is ready for this at all. Do you?
4: No. And I think part of it, too, is and we talk about this a lot, is that, you know, Democrats are really trying to paint socialism as um, as kind of the golden ticket. And they're trying to paint socialism as the answer to all of our problems. And in reality, we know that it's, it's more government is the basis of all of our problems, particularly the a concept as extreme as socialism. Um, and, and I think that there's a lot of kind of education and, and information that we at the Republican Party are trying to do right now. And um, a lot of that is painting the stark contrast between that of what socialism can, can produce, and you just take a, Take a look at the, the aforementioned examples that Bernie doesn't want us to look at, but take a look at Venezuela and the Soviet Union and, and compare what's going on in those countries and what's evolved in those countries. Um, the, the devastation, the economic, uh, you know, downturn, and, and the, the corruption, the inflation, and then look at our country here. Look at what happens when you have a free market system that enables people to thrive and, and grow and create opportunities for themselves. And so that's that's a big kind of stark contrast between what Democrats are proposing and, and what Republicans believe in. And, and that's really the fine line in the sand that we're working to draw for for voters.
0: Yeah, I guess is Blair Ellis. She's the RNC National Press Secretary. Joining us for just a few more moments, I wanted to have her on and talk to her a little bit about Bernie Sanders. He's in, or was in, Northwest Arkansas today up at the Walmart Stockholders meeting. And uh, the the guy has no shame as far as I'm concerned. He just goes, wags his fingers. He used to say millionaires all the time. Now he says billionaires because he is a millionaire. And and his, uh, you know, it's just incredible to listen to the guy. He doesn't change What he says, he just changes the figures a little bit,
4: right? And and I I just think that there's a a sincere you know level of of hypocrisy with with someone like Bernie Sanders, who, um, someone who who does immeasurably more and and makes immeasurably more money than than the Mm. average American. I think there's some sincere hypocrisy in him trying to wag a finger um, and talk down to uh, a business like that of Walmart that employs. Um, hundreds of thousands of workers, giving them a living wage, giving them a seat at the table, um, allowing you know they're allowing employees to, to have uh, well-paying jobs. They pay $11 a minimum, which is um, much more than a lot of companies are, are, are paying. And, and I, I just shame on Mr. Sanders for trying to turn uh, you know a, a company that really does its best to employ as many people as, as it can and, and give them a, a real chance uh, to make something of themselves. And instead, Bernie's trying to make it about um, himself and and, and and again, trying to, you know, just up his up his publicity in a way that's just shameful and doesn't do anything, I don't think, to, to really distinguish himself among the other candidates in the field.
0: That's well said. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Walmart employs 1.5 million people.
4: My goodness. Oh, I was a little off when I said 100 million people. That's all right. It's, yes. just,
0: it's a huge amount of people. And over the last five years, they've done all kinds of things, uh, you know, with their college scholarships and all the rest to make it better for their workers and i love how bernie today made the statement that people work at walmart and they're on government assistance and blah 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 and i thought to myself well bernie here's the big key most of the people who are part-time workers you don't work part-time to support a family You go out and work two part-time jobs, and now you got a full-time job, and you can support your family. I know because I've had to do that before in my lifetime.
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, and someone like Bernie Sanders who's sitting on a million or a couple million a year as multiple houses uh, is one to talk, you know, to try and speak about the hardships that Americans many are are going through and went through, particularly under the Obama administration. And nobody ever wants to give any credit uh, to this president, particularly those on the left. But without a doubt, our economy is in a much stronger place and the American people are thriving in ways they just weren't able to under Obama. And it's because of Mr. Obama's heavy-handed policies, his regulatory kind of ambitions, uh, and it prevented, uh, you know, it prevented unemployment from from dropping, uh, which we continue to see across every demographic under President Trump. And we see GDP uh, on the rise. And, and, you know, we see steady wage growth from month to month that shows that um, it's not, you know, that that these policies are working and they're substantively improving the lives of of people. And so uh, there's something that's, that's really ironic about Mr. Sanders and his kind of parade right now, trying to wag a finger at people because we've got real leaders like Donald Trump and others up here in the Republican-led Congress um, that are actually putting their money where their mouth is, and they're the ones working hard to promote policies and principles that lift up every American.
0: Blair, thanks for your time. I told him 10 minutes. I'll keep uh, my time to that. Blair Ellis is the RNC National Press Secretary. We have her on from time to time. We appreciate it for you giving us the time today.
4: Thanks so much for having me on.
0: All right. We'll talk to you later. Blair Ellis here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, some thoughts from her about feeling the burn as he's here in Arkansas today. Or he was uh, up in northwest Arkansas for the uh, stockholders meetings going on with uh, with Walmart. Uh, When we come back, uh, got a few things to talk about. Coming up at two thirty, we'll shift gears, have some uh, guests on. Doyle Webb's going to join us, director of the Arkansas GOP. Ken Yang, who was the press secretary for Linda Collins. If you've not heard, Linda Collins was found murdered yesterday. I was stunned. Uh, Russ sent me the note on this, and I was good friends with Linda Collins-Smith. Now just Linda Collins after her divorce. And I remember when she switched parties. It was a 2011, 2012, somewhere in that area, and she appeared at the luncheon uh, that uh, david Crow would have there at the capitol and he would ask me to attend and i would come down to keep up on what everybody was thinking and uh she showed up to answer questions and i i kind of turned the heat up on her a little bit and just asked her point blank you know why should we believe you as a you know a, a democrat now wants to be a republican is going, going to be a conservative republican well let me just say, as I've said many, many times before, that uh, Linda became one of the best conservative Republicans that we had uh, over at the House and the Senate. She was a fireball at times. She was a great lover of the Second Amendment, a great pro-life advocate. She was uh, you know, a really, really great person. And uh, I will miss being uh, over and covering, uh, you know, the General Assembly or whatever, and because she was over there this year during the General Assembly and offering her help however she could. And uh, whenever I saw her, I always got a hug from her. She's a a really uh, loving person, a great person, a funny – she's very funny. People who did not know her don't realize how funny she really was. She could be serious when necessary, but she must rather be, you know, lighthearted than to be really, really serious. But we're going to talk a little bit about her coming up at uh, 2.35 when Doyle joins us, and then uh, we'll pick up with Ken Yang uh, as well. So, Dave Ellswick Show, 219 on a Wednesday, hump day, middle of weekday, over, uh, you know, we're closer to Friday than we were on Monday, there's more rain in the forecast. Hopefully it will not be in the five, six, seven inch range, but more and, uh, you know, maybe a quarter of an inch or something like that at uh, the times that it rains. So uh, we're just going to have to put up with the, you know, the liquid sunshine that we're going to get now uh, up until the beginning of this upcoming weekend. Back with more in a moment. It's 220 here in Little Rock on 1011. FM, the answer. Hey, don't forget about Dwayne Smith, a good buddy of mine that uh, is a great motorcycle rider. Went up to Sturgis a couple years ago, brought me a a great t shirt back. I really appreciate it that he did that. But uh, he wants you to know that if you need motorcycle insurance, he can handle it for you. He rides a motorcycle, he insures his own motorcycle, he knows what you need and what you don't need. And would like to spend some time talking to you about it, as well as the other professionals at the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. They're an all-state insurance agency. And whether it's a motorcycle, a car, a house, whether it's your life insurance or boat insurance or whatever kind of insurance that you've got, they're willing to sit down with you and compare your policy with the all-state policies and find ways to save you money and give you better coverage. All you have to do is give them a call 501-819-0373. That's 501-819-0373. Well, and then set up a time to come over and uh, and meet with them at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. I'll tell you for a fact, I've known uh, Dwayne for a few years. I know several of the people who work for him for up to a decade, and they will take good care of you. 501-819-0373. That's the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency, and uh, they, uh, of course, deal with all states, so they can get Mister oh uh, Crazy Person that breaks into your car and falls through your garage door. You know, the mayhem can uh, they can take care of him. Okay. So uh, take care to make sure you don't have a whole lot of mayhem going on. Interesting piece of audio I came across today. I wanted to share this with you because, look, the folks that are in Washington, D.C., get tired of other people telling them what they're going to do. And what I'm talking about there, you have people that float stuff out in, you know, radio and television land and now on the Internet as well saying, I know that this is going to happen, that's going to happen, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, and the person that they're talking about has never said a word about it. Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice, talked about that yesterday. And I, I want you to hear what he has to say here, because people have been saying he's going to retire. You've heard those rumors. I've heard those rumors. We've talked about those rumors. And I said, I've never heard Clarence Thomas ever said. He was ready to call it quits, and I can't imagine he'd ever call it quits uh, if there's a possibility of a president, sitting president, putting somebody in his place that wouldn't be a solid conservative. But here he is uh, in a television interview. Check this out.
2: Recently, um, it was rumored in Washington that you were going to be retiring this June. Now, do you think it was your enemies who were putting that out or your friends putting that out because they wanted you to rest more?
3: I think people just wanted me to know what I was going to do. Okay. <laughs> since I couldn't figure it out myself so my wife comes downstairs one day she said I guess she gets these these alerts I don't know I don't get any alerts except other than the the recruiting alerts for the Nebraska teams and so she says what is it I don't know I said what are you talking about she said you're going to retire I said wow that's glad to know that I (laughs) I mean you have to know every day what's on your schedule I have no idea where this stuff comes from I think in one of the things you have to get used to in in this business and in, in, in here is that people can say things about you and for you that you that have nothing to do with you i was uh, i met with a group of students who had just visited the african-american uh, museum and they uh, were telling me that there was an exhibit of me and said so that the exhibit said that my views on affirmative action result from my going to to, to various schools in my youth and the young woman or young young students said well is that true said, no. I they said, did they talk to you before they put that exhibit up? I said, nope, never. I said, have you seen it? I said, nope, never seen it. I have no idea where it came from. So just similarly here, I have no idea where any well, of this stuff comes from. as the chairman from. of the Smithsonian, I'd like to invite you to come and tell us how we can <laughs> fix this. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll fix it. All right? So well, we, I knew if I got it to you, you would okay, straighten that all right. out.
0: All right. How about that? Get this exhibit. And it says all kinds of stuff about Clarence Thomas. They never even talked to him. It was totally fabricated. It's pretty bad when your nation's museums fabricate things. And uh, the guy from the Smithsonian says, we'll take care of this. Come see me so we can fix this. this <laughs> so, it's pretty good. But, yeah, you, look, take a lot of the stuff that you hear from anonymous sources and stuff with a grain of salt. I mean seriously if somebody can't back up with several different several different uh sources it's probably not something that should be even out there as possibly being news all right we got news coming up and uh, when we come back we're going to spend a few minutes and talk about this this stunner that happened yesterday about linda collins being murdered uh former state senator up from Pocahontas. I don't know what to say, except that I'm going to miss her and miss her very, very, uh, it's just going to be a tough time not to have her around. I mean, I was talking to Russ and Russ mentioned to me and reminded me of uh, the Republican national convention when we were hanging with her and, and goofing around and stuff and, I had forgotten that and how good of a time we had had with her. But we're going to come back, and we'll talk first with Doyle Webb here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, I don't remember exactly what time it was last night, Russ. What was it, about 6.35, maybe 7 o'clock, that you text me? Do you remember? Maybe been a little later. I'd have to later. go look
3: at my text messages to see exactly what time.
0: But I mean, it seems like you said – that you said Linda Collins has been murdered.
3: No, found
2: dead is what found I said. Found
0: dead, all right. And I I mean I look I stared at that message for a good forty, fifty seconds. And it just stunned me. I mean it really, really just stunned me because, you know. Seven fifty-seven. Seven
3: fifty-seven.
0: All right. About eight o'clock I said. You know, It was about that time. And it really did. It stunned me I, I because she's such a great lady. And to, to hear that she she's going to be ripped away from you like this, just. But it never makes sense. All right. It never makes sense. Uh, Doyle Webb, who's chairman of the Arkansas GOP, joins us by phone. And, and Doyle, when did you find out about Linda Collins?
5: You know, uh, Dave, it's good to be with you, not under these circumstances, but it's always good to be with you. Uh, I actually found out, I looked on my phone uh, at 746 last night. Uh, I had a former former candidate who lives in that area Mm -hmm. and a former candidate from, what, 15 years ago. To let me know immediately, and it was that she had been found dead as right. well. Okay, uh, that was the me- Doral Linda Collins Smith was found dead in her home about thirty minutes ago. Just thought you should know.
0: Right. Yeah. I-
5: and I couldn't believe it. You know, it's one of those things that, and you know this in this world now, you get so much information that you want to verify it. Yep. Uh, before you act upon it, but I couldn't believe it. Well,
0: my, my my phone just exploded right after Russ sent me that notification. You know, Bob Ballinger hit me, and Elizabeth Solcilaro hit me, and a bunch of people hit me. Did you hear? Did Jan Morgan? Did you hear? Did you hear? And I didn't answer anybody back for a little bit because I was totally just stunned by it. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, was just stunned. And especially then I heard that it was, you know, un- unnatural causes. It, it wasn't suicide. Well, you, you take those two things, you, you add them in there, and you, know, you come up with murder. And, you know, I've known her since twenty when she made the switch, I don't know, 2011, 2012. Yeah. And well,
5: I, I guess it was 2011, I guess.
0: Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, it's like, who would want to do harm to Linda's, you know, to, to Linda? I mean, she was just a sweetheart. You know what I'm saying?
5: Mm-hmm. You know, I, she was, uh, and I was there, and you were there when she made that announcement, and uh, she was just adamantly pro-life. Yes, and she was. She had found herself in a party, the Democrat Party, that was not pro life and uh and it was hard for you know I I I have picked up on the fact that Linda grew up pretty poor from my understanding uh, and uh it was maybe a a, a challenging tra- childhood uh and that th- what we hold dear was ingrained in her, mm-hmm. and that life was important, and she couldn't believe that the old Democrat Party that she had grown up with no longer respected life, and uh, that just forced her out of that party.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember when she switched, and and we talked about this several times. She came down to uh, David Crow's meeting with the conservatives. And, and announced, and I was one of the first or second to question her, and I said, why should we believe that you're suddenly going to be a, a conservative? And she said, you just watch me, and guess what? She was probably one of the most conservative lawmakers that the Republican Party had over the last uh, six, seven years.
5: Certainly, and and, and passionate. Oh, Yeah. Uh- <laughs> uh, you know, you can't think of Linda, and you know I want—I want to say I, we all refer to her as Linda Collins Smith. Yes, but I noticed that she changed her Facebook to Linda Collins, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but you—you you can't think of her without thinking of passion. Uh, she could deliver a speech with passion. Yes, yeah, she could, and, and the depths of who she was. You know.
0: Okay you tell me how many whenever you saw her, did you ever get away from her without getting a hug?
5: Oh no no a <laughs> matter of fact she came in here, she loved the staff. Uh, she was a member of our test club. she was a supporter of the party. Uh, you know we have we have we have Republicans of many flavors. oh yeah you know that we're, we're a family she She loved everybody uh, now that didn't mean she agreed with them. But but she loved uh, everybody and hugged them and was legitimately concerned uh, about them and the party and what was going on. You know, I'm reading last night, it said this was not possible to be a suicide. I thought that language was so odd yeah. last night when we got that.
2: Yeah.
0: And well, it just tells us that however the gunshots were delivered, it was— Necessary for them to say this could not have been a suicide. Right. I'm sure that went through everybody's mind. Many of us who knew her pretty well knew that uh, the divorce that she went through was very tough and very demanding, and uh, was not her favorite time. And it's never a favorite time for anybody, but it was. It was tough for her, and uh, it looked like she had gotten her. She'd gotten her swagger back during the uh, general assembly.
5: Yes, you know I I I, uh, I think you know this, and I, I believe it too. I never thought it was a suicide. No, okay? I never thought that. No, uh, uh, just too much life in speech. that woman. Yeah, uh, I just you just wouldn't even think of that. Okay, I'm,
0: I agree. Now all I know is I want them to find whoever did this, and then I want them prosecuted to the utmost uh, of the law uh, for for all of us who have lost somebody that we respected uh, in the party, but who was very much a friend of mine, and uh, they took her away too early.
5: Well, and I think, Dave, uh, I think the state police being involved and just some of the circumstances that I hear rumored about, and I don't want to talk about them, it it seems like there will be uh, evidence, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's not a quick arrest in this i could be wrong you know i'm not there but uh uh th- this just appears to be a, a uh, situation that was very intentional and there will be immediate suspects in this case you know
0: well i'm with you Doyle. i hope that it's it's it comes to an end quickly and whoever it is like i said i want them i want them you know taken to the utmost uh, of oh. the law
5: this. this is one of those cases where the death penalty is certainly uh, uh, something that should be looked at. And
0: I clearly. agree with you.
5: You know, it, it appears to be a very intentional and planned murder. It doesn't appear to be a a, uh, a robbery. Uh, uh, you know, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. But I agree. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a supporter of uh, of capital punishment, and this is one of those circumstances where uh, punishment should be swift and sure.
0: All right. Doyle Webb is the director of the Arkansas GOP. Thank you, Doyle. We'll see. We'll talk to you later. Uh, Ken Yang will join us. He was uh, Linda Collins is, uh, uh, you know, he took care of her. Let's just put it. He he was a handler. Is that the best way to put it? Handler, press uh, secretary, press secretary, handler. And I'm sure he'll have some stories for us when we talk to him after we break. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Dave Ellswick Show waiting on uh, Ken Yang. He should be calling us any moment and uh, we will uh, continue our discussion about uh, Linda Collins who was uh, found murdered yesterday at her home up in the Pocahontas area and uh, was a real stunner to a whole lot of us. And uh, Kim Hammer talking about there's only one word that, you know, says anything about this, and that's tragedy. Uh, You know, Bob Ballinger just wrote to me and told me that she'd been found murdered. And he said, this is just so sad. And it's true. I mean, she was she was a very she was a person that was full of life. And uh, as as you just heard from Doyle, she was. She could deliver a speech, but she—it wasn't just she wasn't just quote speechifying, as I like to call it. She, the passion she had, came from inside of her about the things that she really believed in. Uh, Pro life was one of those things. Second amendment was another. I mean, Jan Morgan uh, sent me some information last night talking to me about her, and uh, she's really feeling this. I mean, really, really feeling this and uh, has taken this uh, very, very personal uh, with what has happened to her. So uh, just know that this is just one of those tragedies that uh, is really, really sad. It just, uh, this one hit me in a in a hard space, you know, it really has. It hit me in a hard in a hard way. Uh, I'm one of those, I mean, I, I'm one of those people, look, I death has not been something that has been uh, not around me. I, I've been around it quite often in my job. I used to be a crime reporter, so I so saw a lot of death uh, in the military things of that nature. So it's not something that's alien to me. And probably I have a little bit different feeling about it than some people do, but when, when it's a good friend like this, and and somebody's just ripped away from you uh, like this, it, it's it, it's just hard to, to the phantom why it why it happens sometimes. And Ken Yang joins us now, and he was you know a much closer to Linda Collins than than I was, and 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 Ken, how are you today? And I, I don't wanna make this for people listening, you know, kind of a, a very downer kind of thing because yeah. uh, I, I remember her as being just one of those kind of people you wanted to be around.
6: Yeah, there there's nothing down about Linda and I have um been busy since about one AM last night or this morning and then phone calls again this uh, this morning with people in media, I was a little like getting onto your show. I was just doing another media uh, interview to try to memorialize uh, Senator Collins, uh, to memorialize Linda, uh, because you know I, we all are hoping that justice will be served. But at the same time, we need to celebrate her. And um, and to your point earlier, you know I'm I'm a young young man. I met her when I was 21 and. You know, I, I've worked at the prosecutor's office for five years. I've seen death. I've, there are people that I know that have died, but this is just different. This is, um, this is, this hits home. Um, you know, I was having dinner last night when I found out that, um, you know, I, it's, uh, it's, you know, you, you just think you're you, usually, you you always ask the question that you're not supposed to ask is why, because God always has a plan, but, uh, I know that uh, Linda was was saved. She would, you know, went often, but I, you know, I've been to church with her before, and she, you know, she was, she said if the time was right to, you know, meet her maker, she'd be ready to do so, and, and didn't fear or fear death, and um, she was just great to be around, like you said.
0: Yeah, she was a fun person. I mean, a lot of people, if you just knew her in the corridors of the Capitol, she's a very intense, very serious person. But if you got away from all of that, she was one of the funniest people I've ever hung around with.
6: Yep, yep. I mean, she. You know, I, I said jokingly this morning on Paul on Paul Harrell's show. Um. You know, I was shedding tears while we were talking, and I told Paul, I oh, said, I'm so glad we're not on TV, I'm not in studio, on Facebook Live. Cause, but then I said, you know what, but I hear Linda Collins saying, get your stuff together again, stop crying. <laughs> you know, because that would be something she would say, Yeah. you know. And, and uh, um, she just was, you know, we always talk about people that are strong ladies or strong women. I mean, that was Linda. I mean, she was strong, she kept her word, and she had your back.
0: Mm -hmm. If she told you something, you knew she was going to back it up. Yep. She would. I mean, she was a person that talked to me often because she knew that I'd give her time on the radio uh, and, and let her say what she wanted to say. I've always tried to do that with everybody, but she really appreciated that because a lot of people wouldn't allow her to do that.
6: Yep. Yep. You're right. I um, mean, uh, she, um, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And uh, and then she wasn't, uh, I just did an interview, she, she was never ugly about it. She nope. stood where she stood, and she was never ugly. She she had that Christian uh, upbringing, that Christian faith, and, and she, she talked the talk, walked the walk. And there were so many people that were ugly, torture, vile towards her, mm-hmm. and she would never say anything mean about them. I'd actually would kind of get angry at her for not being angrier. <laughs> if that's that's what you call it. Because she she the worst she would say, Dave is so-and-so said this to me gosh they were such a jerk or gosh they were mean to me <laughs> and i'm like really that's all and you know you you'd have a few choice words i probably have a few choice words. oh yeah linda. linda linda just she took it and and she just kept going along
0: yeah i i agree uh are you in touch with the uh, family or whatever can you keep us up to date on what's being prepared for her as far as and you know burial and things of that nature
6: yes I will definitely keep everyone up to date. You know, I've been keeping everyone up to date on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I have uh, talked to uh, her son, um, and you know, they just they're just wanting privacy right now. P- media has been trying to reach them, and I've just said no. You know, I don't represent their family. I don't represent them or anything like that. But I just know that they, you know, they just want to. They're just trying to process everything and grieve. Um, obviously, I don't know if you saw the the press conference earlier just a while ago there's really no new details uh, they still have to do forensics they still have to actually i guess id the body and say 100 percent sure it's linda um, that type of stuff and so i don't know how that how long that would take in little rock before they can start preparing to have a visitation and, and a funeral but we'll definitely uh, let everyone know as soon as i know
0: yeah, if you would, I'd I'd appreciate it because I will I will take off time from work so that I can attend her, you know, visitation yeah. and her and her funeral and burial. I'll definitely be there.
6: Yes, I think that's how we we everyone then knows her feels. I think we're all going to take off work. We're all going to be there whenever it is. Doesn't matter what time and when we're going to be there.
0: I agree. All right. So if you hear anything, uh, be sure to get in touch with me. But don't be a stranger. You never are. But you know, don't be a stranger, and uh, if you got anything coming up from over family life or whatever, let me know.
6: I will. I appreciate it, Dave.
0: All right. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate your mm-hmm. your thoughts. All right. Ken Yang here on Dave Ellsworth's show. So we'll keep you up to date. If I When I hear anything, you'll hear it. You'll be the first people that I talk to. Um, you know, Russ hears it. He's going to get a hold of me. If Elizabeth hears it, she's going to get a hold of me. If any of the... Uh, senators or uh, state reps get a hold of me yeah uh, you know i'll come right to you with the with the information doyle whomever it might be i'll make sure that you know because i think a lot of you that are listening today uh many of you knew linda collins and you'll want to be there and um, you know make this a uh, a special uh time to make sure that you're there for her uh you know the viewing, and of course for uh, the funeral itself, and uh, it, taken away too soon. That's all I gotta say. Just taken away uh, too soon, and she was a, she was really, really an, a great lady. She really was. She's was one of those people that I could I could trust, I could talk to, and then she could talk to me, and uh, we'd get her on the air and. She might cut loose <laughs> she 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 didn't mince words when she when she came on the air at all. She did not mince words, and that's what I really, really liked about her. I really did uh and not only say say things, the bottom line is that uh if she was saying something you knew that she believed it absolutely believed it. From the bottom of her, from the, from the, from her toes to the top of her head, she really, really believed it. All right, so a gag order had been uh, issued. So uh, we got uh, got all of that. Now we know Arkansas Online. Um, they're saying documents confirm police investigating death of uh, Arkansas senator. Gag order issued. All right, let's take a break. I got news coming your way. Uh, got some things to talk about in the next half hour. Uh, Congressman French Hill will join us at 335. All right, let me remind you again that any new information on uh, Linda Collins, uh, I'll make sure that you get it as soon as I have it, whether it be on what's going on with uh, the uh, investigation, uh, or if somebody is arrested or whatever, then we'll follow into the trial. And then last but not least, uh, you know, we'll let you know, uh, about arrangements and where they're going to be, if they're going to be, you know, open and, and things of that nature. So, uh, we'll, we'll keep you uh, up to date on, on all of that. Uh, latest story that I have been sent and that I have, want to thank uh, Val Emmons uh, for sending it to me. It is a story from uh, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, this is from uh, this morning. Court documents filed today show authorities are investigating the death of former state Senator Linda Collins. The Randolph County Sheriff's Office responded Tuesday evening to a home belonging to the 57-year-old Republican at 4023 West Arkansas 90 in Pocahontas. The Arkansas State Police said the agency is investigating the death at a home as a homicide, but hasn't confirmed the person's identity. Circuit Judge Harold Irwin signed off on a gag order today. Uh, In the morning that prevents the release of major material in the investigation, including law enforcement and medical reports. The document refers to the investigation into Collins's death, but provides no additional information about how she died. State police spokesman Bill Sadler said authorities are awaiting test results to determine the person's identity. Uh, Henry Boyce, prosecuting attorney for the 3rd Judicial District, said the body's condition prevented investigators from immediately identifying the person. Property records show the home is also owned by Collins' ex-husband, Philip Smith, a retired judge whose district covered Randolph County. The couple separated in 2016 before filing for divorce the following year according to court records. Divorce uh, records showed disputes over a large sum of money and property the uh, the couple owned. Her death prompted an outpouring of condolences from prominent state and congressional lawmakers. U.S. Senator Bozeman wrote in a tweet on Wednesday that he was grateful for her service to Arkansas and to Arkansans. Quote, this tragedy is a shock to her community and our entire state. I am praying her loved ones and all those mourning her find peace and comfort in this very difficult time, unquote. Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin wrote uh, yesterday in a tweet that he was, quote, in shock, unquote, over the news. I'm heartbroken for her family and friends as they grieve, and my thoughts and prayers are with them during this tragic time. U.S. Uh, Representative Rick Crawford wrote that, Collins, quote, always worked hard for her constituents. I ask you to keep her family and her friends in your prayers as they mourn her passing. Collins' district included Independence, Izert, Sharp, and portions of Fulton and Randolph counties from uh, 2015 until this year when she lost to her GOP primary challenger. She previously served in the Arkansas House from 2011 to 13 serving the earlier part of that term as a Democrat. Collins' former communications director, Ken Yang, who you just heard from a moment ago, said the ex-legislator was a mother and had been planning to help on upcoming 2020 campaigns. She had said that on my show during the General Assembly. Uh, She was always strong personally, he said. I couldn't imagine this happening. The Randolph County Sheriff's Office plans to make an announcement this afternoon. And I think that uh, that's what Ken was referring to, and no new information was available uh, at that time. So that's the latest that we have, and we'll just have to kind of wait until more information comes out. Uh, Eleven minutes after three, let's go ahead and let's get a break in, and then when we come back, let's talk about this Mexico tariff uh Thing that's going on and why did the president do what the president did and uh, what has happened since he did what he did that's coming up on the uh, the Dave Ellswick show back with you you know when you claim your social Security benefits and I'm well aware of this because mine just started back in in uh, April you could trigger an avalanche of taxes double your Medicare premiums forfeit thousands of dollars in spousal benefits. So how do you not make those mistakes? Well, just know that ultimately the decisions that you make uh, could that your benefits could wind up being a fraction of uh, what they were supposed to be. And you can learn how you could avoid these mistakes at an educational workshop called Maximizing Social Security with uh, my good buddy, David Lucas, who I've known for well over 12 years. Uh, and these uh, special educational seminars are going to be on next Tuesday, June eleventh, or Thursday, June the thirteenth. Both of them will start at six p.m. It's hosted by David. He's going to walk you through all of the questions that you have and give you the answers that you're looking for. Unlike what the Social Security Administration does, uh, tickets are just twenty dollars. They come with a money-back guarantee, and to register, all you have to do is to call 501-653-6690, 501-653-6690. You can also register online at davidlucasfinancial.com, and in these uh, meetings, you'll learn the little-known strategies that can help you get more out of your benefits and uh, that the Social Security Administration could never tell you. So again, call 501-653-6690 or register online at davidlucasfinancial.com. Uh, so uh, keep that in mind, and and tell you what, you'll learn a lot from one of his seminars. All right, here we are at uh, 17 minutes after three. And I want to talk a little bit about what's going on with the president on these tariffs. Look, uh, the way that it's looking right now, by the end of the fiscal year, over a million illegals may move into the United States. And what's happening? They come up to a Border Patrol person. There's nowhere to put them, nor their families. And... uh, They're given a piece of paper with a date on it to appear in front of a judge. And we just found out at the end of last week, and we say just found out, just been confirmed. We've known this for several years. But nine out of ten of these people are not showing up for their court appointments. So they go out into the general public and... uh, can't find them anymore. And we don't have enough people that are working in the government with ICE or working with the government with the Border Patrol to be able to control this situation. It's totally out of control. And now the Democrats continue blaming the president about it. All of their inaction and the Republicans' inaction – and they want to blame the Democrats, especially want to blame uh, the president. And uh, with saying that, what the president has done with these tariffs to get the Mexican government's attention and say, "Hey, look, you've got you know you've got a, pl- a part to play in all of this to get this under control, and you're not doing it. I mean, you're helping busting these people in. It's got to stop." And Lindsey Graham was uh, interviewed yesterday and talked about Mexican tariffs, and here's what he had to say.
7: Okay, so there's a lot of talk about what happened today behind closed doors, Republican senators having a conversation about this. Where do you stand? Well, tariffs
8: would, would, would be tough on the economy, but the border is broken. And it needs to be fixed. And if tariffs is what it takes to get Mexico to do better on their side of the border, I'm all for tariffs. Trump's not the problem. Mexico's the problem. Republicans are not the problem. Democrats won't vote to change the laws. Now, why do we have a million people coming here from Central America? They know that if you read a card claiming asylum, you're entitled to a hearing. It takes three or four years to get a hearing. We don't have enough bed space, so we let you go. So all you got to do is claim asylum. I got a bill that says you have to claim asylum in your home country, Mexico. No longer can you claim asylum here. We ship you back if you try to claim asylum on our soil. And if you bring a small child with you, we can't send that child back. We're going to change that law. Ninety percent of this will stop. But Mexico provides buses to these people. Mexico is doing better. But I'm not blaming President Trump here. I'm blaming the Congress because we can't do our job. And I'm blaming Mexico.
7: OK, well, Senate Minority Leader, Democrat Chuck Schumer, says that the president is to blame for this mess that's happening around he the border. He's the sort one of that said it was but, a
8: manufactured crisis,
3: too.
7: Well, this is also what he says today about whether the president means it or not with these tariffs. Here's what he said.
3: President Trump has a habit of talking tough and then retreating because his policies, often his tough talk, can't be implemented or doesn't make sense. President Trump has a habit of proposing asinine and dangerous policies before backing off.
7: He doesn't think the president will do it.
8: Well here's what I would tell Senator Schumer, the president destroyed ISIS. He's taken China on for the first time ever in a very effective way. He's got Mexico's attention, they're here in town tomorrow and I'm going to meet with the foreign minister. Here's what I would tell Senator Schumer, this is not President Trump's fault. President Trump didn't create this problem. Our laws are broken. As long as you can claim asylum in the United States and never be deported after you make the claim, they will come forever. we're on track to have a million people come over this fiscal year. We've doubled in 2019 the problem we had in 2018. So Senator Schumer and my Democratic colleagues are fixated on President Trump. It's Mexico and the Congress that needs to up their game.
7: Well, let me ask you: Do you think Congress would vote, and whether it's veto-proof or not? And a lot of people think it would it be, uh, you know, a, a resolution of disapproval against the president if he does this. Here's
8: what I would tell the president: I hope to talk to him tomorrow. Ask Mexico to do two or three things that they're not doing that would matter help us make sure you apply for asylum in mexico or central america not the united states stop giving them buses to get to our border a few things you could do would help the problem and if they'll do those few things we won't do tariffs but if they refuse to help us what options do we have tariffs will create economic problems but the border is a complete utter disaster i'd hate to be the republican that took mexico's side on this deal if they
0: won't help us. Let me uh, let me give you some information. The story today, and it's from the New York Times, so take it as you will. Central American migrants surged across the United States border with Mexico in record amounts in May. This is just for last month. Officials announcing this on uh, today as American and Mexican diplomats began discussions at the White House in a bid to avert potentially crippling economic consequences of President Trump's threat to impose tariffs on all Mexican imports. All right, now, remember, I'm just talking about May here. More than 144,278 migrants were arrested and taken into custody by Customs and Border Protection along the southwest border during May. That is a 32% increase from April and the highest monthly total in seven years. Most crossed the border illegally, while about 10% arrived without the proper documentation at ports of entry along the border. Vice President Pence and other top administration officials are set to meet today with Mexico's top diplomat. Mr. Trump has vowed to impose a 5% tariff on all goods from Mexico beginning Monday and to increase the tax to 25% by October if Mexico does not prevent migrants from illegally entering the United States. The announcement of the surge in border crossings was designed to put pressure on the Mexican government to meet the president's demands that the government take action quickly. But it remained unclear what will satisfy President Trump, who has offered conflicting statements about his intentions. Mr. Trump said that it was more likely that the tariffs would be imposed on uh, Tuesday But today, the president said he believed Mexico was ready to make a deal to prevent the tariffs from going into effect. Now, they make that sound like, what the heck's going on? Doesn't the president know what's going on? Well, it's a difference in 24 hours. Perhaps yesterday, the Mexican government was tariffs, merits, who cares? But then today... When it came close, when we started moving much closer to what was going on, uh, the Mexicans said, wow, he's serious. Now let's sit down and talk about this. Mr. Trump said that Mexico wants to make a deal. They have their entire delegation right now going over to uh, probably the White House location to negotiate with our people. Mexican officials, along with Republican lawmakers, are trying to prevent Mr. Trump from imposing tariffs on Monday. Now, here's what I would say to the Republicans. Get behind the president. Don't be sidling up to the Mexicans. Don't sidle up to them. Be firmly with the president. And I know for some of these senators, we're talking about some things that could really hurt them you produce cotton or some, uh, some vegetables or fruits, if you're a, a state that produces uh, beef, uh, these tariffs could, could cause some problems for your markets. However, you back your president, you don't back the other country's presidents. So they're trying to prevent this. Um, Marcelo Ibran, the Mexican foreign minister, Still scheduled to meet today, this afternoon, at the White House with Mr. Pence. This is uh, an effort by the vice president to convince the president, or convince uh, Mexico uh, to help. Now, Mexico says they're doing everything it can to help prevent illegal immigration across the United States border. Secretary of State Pompeo and And uh, Robert Lighthizer, the United States Trade Representative, also expected to attend that meeting. Mr. Trump is uh, frustrated by what he views as Mexico's failure to stem the flow of migrants and said he would use broad emergency powers to uh, impose these punishing tariffs on Mexico. But top American officials have spoken in vague terms about what steps Mexico must take And it remains unclear exactly what Mexico could do to persuade Mr. Trump to back down. Hey, maybe instead of bringing the people through your country on buses. Maybe you could use your army to turn them back at uh, your southern border. and, And say, nope, can't go any further. Perhaps you could give these people asylum in your country. Instead of sending them on to uh, the United States. Looking at Mr. Navarro, uh, who is the top trade advisor who has advocated using levies to punish Mexico, said in an interview Trump's threat had gotten the Mexican government's attention and that the United States might not have to impose the tariffs at all. That's the case. The talks are underway. They're happening at the White House as we speak. I just looked up at the screen here in the, in the studio and Neil Cavuto is on and a, a shot of uh, the microphone sitting outside the White House waiting for people to come out of the White House and uh, we might uh, have a deal. He also urged Mexico to do more to secure its border with Guatemala and tighten checkpoints for migrants within Mexico. Others in Washington though, were more doubtful that two sides could come to a resolution before Monday's deadline. Well, keeping an eye on it. Uh, in 30 seconds, we got to go to the news. I'll keep watching what Fox is saying. And uh, as soon as I say anything, and, and if we can go to uh, Fox, we will, so you can hear what they have to say about how the conversations are going today uh, in these trade negotiations and this uh, deal going on about what's happening in Mexico. A break with the news, and then we'll be back. All right, back to talking a little bit more about uh, this whole thing about uh, the Mexican tariffs, and I want to get into that with Congressman uh, French Hill. Uh, he is up in Washington, D.C. I'm sure he's you know, keeping a close eye on what's going on at the White House. And uh, Congressman Hill, thanks for joining us here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show today. Let's start off by talking about Mexico because that's on everybody's tongue right now. Uh, what's your take on all of this? I mean, I understand what the president is doing. Mexico's not doing enough to stop this uh, surge that's happening down on the border.
2: Well, Dave, thanks for having me. It's good to be with you. I I understand where the president's coming from, and he has been taking a, a lot of strong actions behind the scenes to get Mexico's help. And as you know, a few weeks ago, they volunteered to hold people seeking asylum on the Mexican side of the border and, Uh, provided short-term places for them to just wait before they presented themselves on the bridge to the United States. They have offered asylum to every Central American immigrant. So anyone who comes out of Guatemala into Mexico has been offered asylum uh, in Mexico. Only about a quarter of these caravans or travelers or whatever have accepted that option and then when they get up there uh, they have actually turned away a lot i think the number i saw was uh, maybe mexico had returned about a hundred thousand people on their own back to honduras or el salvador these are people who come into mexico so it's true we have these caravans. It's true they're at unprecedented numbers. It's true that we're back in the soup of trouble of overcapacity, just like we were in the Obama administration back in 2014. But to say that Mexico is kind of doing nothing, I don't think that's 100% right. And so my attitude is I think the president ought to have the ambassador in Mexico and Salvador, Guatemala honduras in his office talking about how we're going to get this situation turned around both in central america and southern mexico through national security means homeland security dollars training better border security in mexico and then of course the economic anti-crime efforts that we have going in in guatemala and um in El Salvador, in Honduras. But, um, and that meeting, you know, I think could have been put in place, Dave, in personal opinion, just me talking, you know, without threatening 5% tariffs on Mexican goods. That's just my personal opinion. In fact, I know it would happen. And I know we would just have just as much clout as threatening, uh, that tariff.
0: Okay. Personal so view. Well, then, you know, what's your thoughts? Why is the president, you know, bringing the tariffs to bear. He evidently doesn't believe that the Mexican government is doing what they're supposed to be doing.
2: Yeah, no, and this is where, you know, I don't have perfect information about everything that the president has access to, access to information-wise, and and uh, it's also, it's such a sensitive time as we attempt to try to get the USMCA agreement approved here in Congress. So there's a there's another angle to this that's important, which is getting Democratic and Republican backing to replace the NAFTA agreement with USMCA. That also takes presidential lobbying and diplomatic skills on the part of the president. And this effort doesn't help getting USMCA approved in the Congress.
0: Yeah, Something has to be done, Congressman. I mean, Democrats have been sitting on their hands for years Republicans have brought some things to the table. They've been shot down uh, consistently. In May alone, 144,000 illegals uh, were apprehended at the border. And we don't have any place to, to, you know, the motels are full, so to speak.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the fault of why we don't have the border security dollars and the plan that we need is sits on the hands of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Because we've provided those written plans, we've provided the exact use of the money, we've provided the exact information about the border security means that we need. Republicans have, for the most part, almost universally voted for that, both last year when we had control of both houses, as well as this year, uh, as we've attempted to get those votes on the House run by now the Democrats. So that's all true. Um, And it doesn't change the fact that we need Mexico to do more. Uh, But I think that they are prepared to do more. And I don't know that you have to uh, uh, bring tariff policy into immigration policy to achieve it. But irrespective of that, this meeting is taking place while the president comes home from his Europe trip. And hopefully he'll have a good report over the weekend about uh, the steps that Mexico are planning to take. But let me tell you, it's not just Mexico, it's Honduras and Guatemala. And last week, the acting Secretary of Homeland Security was in Guatemala going over exactly how they're going to change uh, the border security parameters in Guatemala, which is the border with Mexico. Right. These Salvadorans and Hondurans are coming basically through Guatemala to the Mexican border. And that was encouraging to me, Uh, and there you saw the government very eager to have American help to help curtail that effort.
0: Well, they want the American
2: doc—they want American dollars down there. Well, they've got American dollars down there. I would argue the money, whatever money we're spending down there for national security purposes, which is several hundred million dollars, has not been well overseen the last few years. And we ought to be getting more for whatever investment that we're making in drug fighting, uh, transnational crime fighting, and then this border uh, fighting. But don't forget, you don't have a you don't have a solid. You have not had. I shouldn't say you don't have now, but you've had serious governmental challenges in Honduras and El Salvador, where you don't have the ability to properly spend and use money in an effective way.
0: Well, let me move away from this whole thing with the Mexican tariffs and. Talk about something tragic that happened here yesterday in Arkansas when State uh, Senator uh, Linda Collins uh, was evidently murdered. Uh, Any thoughts on that?
2: Well, it's heartbreaking. I mean, she was a uh, dynamo representing uh, her district up there, District 80, both in the House and then in the Senate. She was so engaged and uh, so involved in representing The people in and around Pocahontas. So this is a a tragedy. I know that the police are investigating it. I hope we find out um, who this perpetrator of this terrible crime are. But Martha and I both are very sad by her passes and, of course, send our condolences out to all of her family and the friends that she's built and her relationships in in Little Rock at the General Assembly.
0: Moving on, uh, the the river in Arkansas has not been kind to us, to say the least, here recently. Uh, Can you give us the latest news that you have about uh, the Arkansas flooding?
2: Well, I was out uh, this weekend uh, looking and getting ready to come back tomorrow to do uh, the same, come back to Little Rock tomorrow. Um, It crested today in Little Rock, overnight and was a little higher than they thought and it crested a little later they kind of moved around it's very hard to predict this with precision but i tell you i think the response has been amazing considering the catastrophic level i was with the red cross and they were fully set up and i saw community citizen after community citizen band together and fill sandbags and protect other people's property and it was pretty inspirational And I have to hand it to uh, the Little Rock port, the port of Little Rock, run by Brian Day, your friend and my friend. He did an exceptional job working with the city, the county, the Corps, and all the uh, landowners and operators there in the port to preserve and protect that area. And I believe as we end this tragic period and as the water begins to recede this week, there will only be one functioning port on the whole Arkansas River Navigation System, and that'll be the port of Little Rock. Wow. Wow. Uh, From Muskogee, from Tulsa, all of them were inundated, and many suffered serious uh, destruction. And so I want to thank the hardworking employees and everybody who pulled together to try to do that. But other Dave, we ought to tip our hat, too, to our forefathers, you know, back in the 1960s when the plan for that port was... Designed by Fred Brown and other citizens back in the 60s and then Paul Latour's management of it. They've taken a conservative course to make sure they have the infrastructure and the protection. Because you never know what Mother Nature is going to do.
0: Yeah, that's an understatement. No one e- expected this. This is worse flooding since 1990. And uh, probably is going to result in the worst flooding ever before it 's all over with i got to get a break in when we come back congressman I'd like to talk to you about when the flooding 's done when the when the big you know wave that everybody talks about is cresting in all these different areas, and as you said, the water starts to recede then there 's a lot of work that has to be done let 's talk about that when you we bet. come back here on the Dave Ellswick show. Our guest, Congressman French Hill. He's our special guest this half hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Our special guest this half hour, as he does on most weeks, joins us at 335 to bring us up to date on the big issues that are happening in Washington, D.C. Congressman French Hill is with us from District 2 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We were just talking about the flooding along the uh, Arkansas River. Let's go back and, and join him in D.C. some more. Uh, the the big work is going to come up here now as the water recedes congressman uh, you know the the governor has said patience is going to be the word but a lot of people are going to want to get back and, and and fix up their homes and get their land back to being productive and patience is going to be awful tough
2: yeah this is always tough i've got um so much personal experience with the destruction from flooding because back in 2005 I led a group at the Little Rock Rotary Club and we teamed up with the Mandeville, Louisiana Rotary Club and rebuilt houses after Katrina down in Lacombe, so I know how destructive standing water is when it's been there for a while. and So it will be a lot of work. Uh, it will be so tough on our farmers. Uh, the reports of uh, the impact on our crops in the Arkansas River Valley are really terrible and um, as we get later into the summer, of course, it's hard to justify replanting because of the growing season. Mm-hmm. So I think our farmers are going to be hard hit here uh, for the third bad year connected to water and weather. And for individuals, um, as they get active and need help, I hope people will um, send us emails. We're happy to try to connect them with uh FEMA or small business resources that are connected. Now that the uh, president has declared Arkansas a disaster area, and they can contact us at hill.house.gov and let us try to help them in their individual circumstance. And then for I always believe our county judges are a terrific resource of of local contact uh, in um, in the affected areas. Our county judges have a lot of ability to help people get roads opened and. Uh, debris moved and help set up the ability to get things back to normal as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, it's just going to be really, really tough on on them. Uh, I mean, look, we all know that the tariffs against China have uh, put the, the you know the tightening uh, of money on them. Although there have been some farm bills passed that has released monies to them. Will will there be money to? to take up for these losses because of the the flooding, Congressman?
2: There is potential some uh, money available for that that was in the disaster supplemental uh, that we just uh, passed. And you're right to say that the tariff-related funding uh, the President and Congress are also discussing, and Secretary Perdue at the USDA, at the Ag Department, uh, about that directly related to the tariffs. But those... Those dollars and those crops are not fully in any way fully going to cover people for the kind of damage they're experiencing from the wet planting conditions Uh, last spring a year ago the terrible wet harvest conditions of this past fall and now a complete washout of the spring planting season uh, in Arkansas so depending on where they are it's going to be tough but we want to try to be a source of information both to our public officials and to our individuals. So I encourage people to, to reach out. And I'm I'm not uh, encouraged that this water is going to go down as fast as people talk about because the Mississippi River at Memphis is at a second highest level in history. And Steve Scalise, our whip, our our great honorable. Minority whip in the house uh, told me yesterday that they've opened that famous spillway down below Baton Rouge Mm -hmm. to try to pull more flow out of the Mississippi and, and move that faster to the Gulf of Mexico so that we have... Uh, an ability to get this water level down because if we can't get the water level down the Mississippi, we can't drain the Arkansas.
0: Yeah, we'll be back to the same thing we had a couple of years ago, where the White River was flowing backwards because it was the Mississippi flowing up front, up it.
2: Right, and uh, you know this is this just affects everything um, and the river because of has to be assessed. And here, uh, in speaking with my colleagues in the Arkansas delegation, we had a a visit. Uh, Last week, we're going to get our friends in Oklahoma with the Oklahoma delegation, and we're going to invite the Corps of Engineers to meet with us and give us an assessment of what their particular damage needs are and damage assessments to the river navigation system because uh, time is money there purely for transportation of commodities downstream and manufactured goods and raw materials. So the river will be closed, obviously, during these high water weeks, but we want to get it open and functioning as soon as we can, and we have to have uh, knowledge from the core on what their
5: needs are.
0: Yeah, I, I was just talking to someone uh, the other day. I think it was Jr. was mentioning on the air that if you stand on the bank and watch the river run by, I mean, you can see it from over the bridges, how fast it's moving, but he kind of put it in uh, ways that it was easy to kind of to figure out, they said that the amount of water that passes you uh, when you're standing there, like every second, is 21 times what goes over Niagara Falls per second.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a, we just don't, we're so used to seeing it, we just are, the immense capacity there is just something we take for granted. And -hmm. we've had serious damage up at the Keystone Dam below Tulsa, which is part of the river navigation system. That's gonna. That whole water level is going to have to be coffered, that dam, and locked, closed, and repaired. And that's going to put, you know, as I say, more pressure on both releasing water in order to release pressure there, as well as uh, maintenance to get the river system back up and functioning all the way up to Tulsa.
0: Congressman, I got you for maybe two more minutes. Let me just ask a question I, I didn't uh, talk to Steve about, and that is tomorrow— 75th anniversary of D Day. We're going to spend the three o'clock hour remembering D Day and the great sacrifices made by our country and by our American fighting men. You have any thoughts on that?
2: Man, I'm thinking, I've thought about it all day. This morning at eight o'clock, I uh, was with the American Legion, including people from Post One in Little Rock here. Uh, doing a scholarship presentation to some fine young people who were getting college scholarships from the American Legion. And I thought about, put yourself in the shoes of those those, uh, sailors and those soldiers and Marines that had been out on board ship waiting as uh, General Eisenhower was looking for that magical break in the weather to start uh, the uh, invasion at Normandy and how nervous you'd be and sick to your stomach from bobbing up and down in that ship all waiting for daybreak on june 6th. Um, just think of that and so many young i think of the young people there at that stage in the war because of the toll many many fresh infantrymen were brought in for the invasion of europe and they'd really not seen combat before and um, they were going to have a whole new world open up to them so i'm thinking about them all day today, in anticipation and fear, and and uh, thinking about what they faced, and and then proud of the result. We take the result for granted, but there was no certainty that no. this would work, zero certainty that it would work. It was a it was a prayer, and a, certainly an extraordinary plan led by Eisenhower. But um, now we look back on the celebration of it, but. Yeah. All yeah. you have to do is look at the opening scenes of Saving Private Ryan, and that will that will tell you what it was like for those young people.
0: And yeah, sober you up real fast. I agree with that. Congressman, we're out of time. Thank you for your time here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We look forward to talking Thank to you, you Dave, next all week.
2: Dave. All the best. Mm, bye-bye now. See you.
0: All right, Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. News is next. Then Duck and Joe are on their way on the Dave Ellswick Show. Continuing on, Dave Ellsworth's show for Hump Day, Middle of the Week Day, Over the Hill Day. We are closer to Friday than we were on Monday. And uh, before we go very far into the show, let's uh, send our condolences to one of our yes. friends and uh, members of the Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Centers here in Central Arkansas, Ken Sullivan. We, yes. You just told me that his uh, his brother died. His younger brother. Younger brother, how old was he?
6: Fifty-eight. Oh my God, hey,
9: that ain't very old.
6: Had a no, heart attack. It's not it's
9: bad. So, hmm.
10: so okay. he's uh, he he may have a funeral to go to Saturday, and he may have somebody sitting in for him this weekend. Well,
9: Duck said he's
0: coming. Yeah, I, I'll, well, I'll fill in for him. no problem.
9: We'll be ready to I go. I need to
10: give him a text. I will. Him.
9: I'll call him when I get out from here mm. and talk to him. And he's probably listening, so he'll hear us talking. But I'll you know, call well, him.
0: We're sorry to hear this. Yep. I mean, yep. really, really are. It's you don't you. you when you start losing family, it's tough. Yeah, especially, especially when they're the younger, younger one. one. Yeah. yeah. You know, you don't it's expect really that typically. All right, with that said, it's uh, Joe and Duck. They're here for their typical hour on a Wednesday. I give up an hour of my show to these two guys because they got a lot of good things to tell you about. And Dave, we do appreciate it. Yes, we do. You know, well, it's it's great. I mean, it's you wouldn't be on here if my, my listeners didn't like it. I can't tell you how many people came up to me at the car show and say and said you know i listen wednesday to hear joe and duck and i said you don't listen any other time you know i always <laughs>
9: throw that back at. Him. and uh, no no I, I
0: dave that's not what i meant you know i, I
9: know that's not what you meant but, so yeah speaking of the car show dave it went good it did uh the lady from ronald mcdonald house after they sold all the raffle tickets they was people that donated money. You know they had a donation box yeah. there. They sold a thousand and fourteen dollars worth of raffle tickets. Fantastic. And uh, five hundred and eighty-five dollars worth of donations. That's even better. So sixteen hundred dollars that they pretty well got. And then uh, I know we had over a hundred and one cars because there's a
0: hundred one cars sitting right in front of me. A hundred
9: and forty-three is how many
0: I counted total. Okay, so we got. Look, I'm shooting another 60
9: cars next year extra we
0: we don't have a
10: flood we can probably get that
9: i talked to some people that said their buddies was coming but they was fighting flood water you know and i can can understand but Dave, we had a the guy who what's his name joe uh buddy what the one who won overall Bud uh, Burnett. Mm Burnett. He done a tremendous thing for the flood victims. Now, wait.
0: Before you go any further, let me ask. Was Buddy the owner of the English cab?
9: No. 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 Okay.
0: He had
10: uh, 2,680 in registrations and 1,668 in uh, the Ronald McDonald House donation box for the TV's.
0: Very good. So
10: I think that total was going to come to like uh, three thousand eight hundred
0: and forty-eight for around almost four thousand dollars. That's tremendous. Yes, that's good. The, yeah.
9: the The auction off the TVs went over tremendously. I mean, because yeah. the lady she they kept all that separate. She told me, and, and it was a a thousand and fourteen dollars for the auction of the two TVs. That's Which good. I thought was tremendous, considering they sold all the tickets. We didn't. None of us sell any tickets. Yep okay so were the people there to get their their tvs yes sir one, one was and one, one wouldn't. wouldn't oh okay yeah. yeah one was but one wouldn't but uh were they excited <coughs> to walk out with a 65 inch flat screen the
4: oh,
0: one yeah. that, the one that was there
9: was <laughs> he, he was tickled to he death was excited uh, okay good you know uh but there again bud you know he won the overall championship he had a 56
10: bud burnett yeah a 55 Chevy.
9: 55 Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won overall. Well, he donated his $1,000 shopping spree to auction off. Okay. How much did we get out of it? $700. There we go. Okay. Now
0: we're, we're talking here, that
10: goes to the flood victims.
0: Yes, it goes oh. to the
9: flood victims. Yes. That's what he wanted. And yeah. So, you know, we'll take care of that. So, But uh, it went over great. It was a nice, sunshiny day. Boy, it was beautiful. Awesome. Um, it really was. Had some good food. Corky's barbecue was there. And we want to thank Joe Klein for showing up. Uh, he walked around, talked to people. He signed two basketballs that we give away, you know, through the through the Ronald McDonald stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just want to thank him for showing up and, and doing this.
0: What was the other ones called? Mama's Kitchen or something like That's that? It's home style burgers home and fries. Style, okay, yeah, they did. They did well. Yeah. I know. I looked out and saw a line form up with them yeah, I, pretty doggone
9: quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I had a hamburger and French fries from them. Uh, it, it was real good, real good. And uh, but. Uh, it, just keep growing. Yeah. That's what we got to do. It, it went fairly smooth. Um, we no way You just said fairly. It's like watching one of those commercials on TV and you say, <laughs> "We had a you couple of little hiccups. We had we had to work through it, you know, as we went. But that's just normal for any time of the year." Yeah,
10: that's it. It's, you know, it's never going to be perfect, but you just bounce over them bumps and go on.
9: Yeah, you just Hit, hit the hole in the road and mm-hmm. hold the steering wheel and keep drugging. So. I, I watched
0: something very interesting early on because I, I got there. We went on the air at 8. I was there by about 7.25, and you guys were parking the cars inside, mm-hmm. and there was a gentleman who pulled in, and they would tell him, need you to park right there. Yeah. I'm not going to park there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be next to that car right there. You want to mm-hmm. be somebody else. Mm-hmm. just i'm thinking to myself oh my lord dude you know you're holding up the whole process here he finally moved over and another car went right in there no yeah. problem whatsoever
9: like i say there was a couple three hiccups that we had to work through but the, they was just small ones i mean we worked right on through them and um we've over the last 10 years we've pretty well got it down pat him joe
10: pretty close so yeah you, we're
0: getting there. Are you seeing anything new? I mean, or is it the same old, same old? That, no, they, they, they was new ones. Cars, they yeah. was a bunch of
9: different <laughs> ones this year. Uh, the guy who won the Rat Rod had never been to one of the shows. No shows, period. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah. And Which, come to find out, he's my neighbor right around the corner from me. Was it the guy that was up there by where
0: we were at broadcasting that had uh, when he pulled in? It, it sounded like a, you know, a, some kind of stock pro dragster no it wasn't him he wow. got second place second place i am yes. telling you what. when he rolled in that
9: car was loud yeah this was called the rusty pickup that won it
0: was it the one that was kind of in the back in and the, the right. left?
9: yeah he was pretty pretty early getting there yeah okay. yeah it's anyway, called a rusty grab- pickup it was for sale in fact if i'm not mistaken he, he, anything that guy's got for sale <laughs> Well, a lot of them cars in there.
0: 1953 pickup is what it was. I think it was.
10: A lot of the cars and trucks in there would be for sale if the price was right. Yeah. Yes.
0: I'm well, I'm telling you. Well, there was a T-bucket in there for sale, that red-looking yeah. one. Yeah. I was calling it, uh, you know, Meacham's of Central <laughs> Arkansas. I mean, there was some cherry cars there. Oh, absolutely. Yes, there yeah. was. I mean,
9: beautiful. It, it, pickups. Nothing that you've seen in Meacham's beat them. They were great. Well, there was pickups in there that was just, you know. The one who won the the overall pickup, that uh-huh. was his first show. See that that's tough because now yeah. how do you what do you? Where do you That's go ex- from here? That's exactly what his wife told him when he was walking <laughs> off. He, she said, "Now what are you going to do?" There you go.
0: What are you going to do now? That's and, a
9: good question. And he just shook. He just shrugged his shoulders, and they kept on walking. But he did have a nice seventy model Chevrolet pickup. I mean, it was nice. The one that I like, I I finally saw Bill's pickup
0: sitting out there from our judges. Because yeah. he shows his car. Yeah. And I finally found it because you know how I, I knew it was his? Had the wood inside mm-hmm. the the bed. Mm-hmm. that car, that pickup, mm-hmm. is immaculate. It is. It's a nice truck. It's amazing how mm-hmm. good that, that truck looks.
9: Definitely. Which, uh, they was just, they was some vehicles out there that was just out of this world this year. I like
0: that taxi. You and I want to take that taxi and run. Yeah. I told
9: you, Dave, I'd be in trouble at the second red light. <laughs> that thing was just awesome. Because I'd have it on the wheelie bars all the way to the second yeah. red light, and the police would be sitting there waiting on me to get stopped.
0: Look, sometimes they put wheelie uh, bars on the back for show. Uh, this wasn't for show. I'd, this no. hey, th-
9: this no. car would need it. There's you can no tell when he it. started up the driveway to come in the building, right. Yeah, he was that's all he was it, doing. Yeah. He was
0: just trying to get it
9: into the position that you guys wanted. Yeah, it was it's, amazing. It's, uh, but it was neat looking to look at it, you know. And it still yep. had the old taxi box where you turn yep. the handle to start the fair, yeah, the fair and all that. Uh, it it was neat. Had my name on tell on the tags
10: yeah if you rode in taxi today you wouldn't be able to afford the fuel for that no you're
9: right you're exactly right go from one corner and get out and put five gallons as much as a ride
10: ride is 10 bucks well you owe me 80 bucks in fuel yeah. <laughs> fuel <laughs> surcharge
0: <laughs> we were talking about, I was talking about that with a listener and uh, he says you do i go yeah he says i like this i said yeah i really like it and he says Man, those rear wheels have got to be close together. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> 16 inches across. Yeah. Know, and they almost f- filled up the whole rear end. It was amazing.
9: I woke up at 5 o'clock, got up, took me was taking a shower, <laughs> and Teresa come in here and she said, hey, they're lined up out front. Yeah. And I come out at about – it was about 525. I come out to walk around front to, you know, start getting kind of stuff, you know, ready to go. And they was – they was, I think, either 9 or 11 already lined up at 5.30 when I come out. They were ready to go. Yes. They wanted to make sure they were inside. Too. Exactly. And they, and they was, <laughs> by, by what, 9 o'clock, Joe, we had the inside full? At 8.15, the inside was full. full. I know. It was we quick. We were going to the back. It, it was quick, you yep. know. That's
10: fast. And, you know, the uh, uh, what you call the... <laughs> shed roof out back that that's a that's a nice facility yeah. we had fans we had a one uh uh radio station out there broadcasting the food vendors were between the buildings and it was a comfortable day the humidity wasn't too bad mm-hmm. the heat wasn't that bad so and we had was, you know really
9: we nice. all brought big fans so we had plenty of fans plus mm-hmm. they had the fans in the ceilings running this year and yep. uh, it made it a whole lot better oh good it stared there around out there and it, it was like joe said it was very comfortable
0: all right so when will the uh uh the internet be open to register your cars for next
9: year. It'll be about
0: six <laughs> weeks before <laughs> I hope. Yep. Btb dot com.
10: Sometime next uh May. April, May,
0: yeah. 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 When are you guys gonna have your first uh meeting start planning? December.
10: In, yeah, December, January, I'm right in there. Yeah.
0: All right. it looked to me that the bumper to bumper people were having a good time all of the certified service center owners were having
9: a good time look how everybody had fun and we kind of shoved it around this year because you know in the past we had all the centers up front so we yeah you were in the middle we put everybody back in the middle where everybody could get you know make it easier for everybody to get around to see everybody and it turned out great yeah so It it was it was it was really good they wagged that trophy. I give that old boy that trophy. And he said, Who's going to tote this out to the truck for me? Yeah. <laughs> Russell didn't cut his hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah he, I wound up bleeding too. I, it got me on the on the yeah. hand right there. Well, got you. We're going uh, to have uh, to some part of the trophy. <laughs> we're going to have
10: I'm, we're going to have to check that next year. We can build one. We're going to have to make it cut proof. Now. <laughs> yeah, there you
9: go. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll put it on a two and roll it around next year. <laughs> All right. Twenty minutes after
0: four o'clock. Joe and Ducker here. You got a car question? Eight two three zero nine six five is the number. Eight two three oh nine six five, right here on the Dave Ellswick show on one hundred one point one FM, the answer. All right, Mac, with you here on the Dave Ellswick show. Uh, we're at about twenty three minutes after four. Good to have you with us. Let's talk a little bit about the flooding of the Arkansas River because right now a lot of cars are underwater. Yes, but they're going to be pulled out, or the river is going to recede and those cars are going to find their way somehow to use car lots
10: yes they are if the water was high enough to get into the dash the insurance company will total that yes but that don't mean that you won't see some of them because they're not insured and and don't have that kind of coverage the homeowner or the automobile owner he'll uh he'll try and do what he can to get it running and then you know dump it somewhere and, and some unsuspecting person will end up with that so we recommend that in the near future, in the next six, eight months, if you buy a car, or if it's a used vehicle, uh, just bring it in. Let us inspect it. We can tell you whether or not it's been in the drink.
9: There's places that you can go mm-hmm. and stick your hand up in and you know instantly if it's been in water. Because it will have dirt and mud stacked up up there. Yes,
0: it will. Well, you've always told us that you can stick your hand up in the dash and feel inside the
9: dash and know yeah.
0: immediately if a car's
9: been in yeah. water. Sure. And, and the thing about it, joe as you know and i know you can dry them out and they'll be good for about six or eight months yep and then the green monster grows
10: and then you have electrical issues and switches window
9: window motors that's it and you just you fix this and this goes down you fix this and this goes down and i've i've had people to bring them in there and i'll tell them hey this thing's been underwater go get rid of it mm-hmm.
10: you, know, you, you get today's cars are different they used to have uh relays and this that another now today's cars they have what you call totally integrated power modules that has the relays in them, but they have circuit boards in them where they're actually programmable, because that one integrated power module might fit five or six different vehicles equipped different ways, and so when you put it in, it has to be programmed right. Duck? Exactly. But those modules, if they get wet, it's only a matter of time before, like Duck said, the green monster gets it and it starts corroding, and and it'll have issues yeah electrical issues windows and
9: locks doing their own thing just just crazy stuff i've seen them where you come out and the windows will be going up and down headlights flashing seats going back and forth all because it's you know it's controlled through the body control module and they've been on their up. own not because oh, yeah. a oh, button. No, that, they are pushing they do it on that's nobody their own. inside the car you know that's right? It look possessed. like it's possessed yeah yeah and and you know and, and i tell people you know you know, last year when all the flooding was down in Houston, you know, I told people, I said, if you buy a used car, you better be make sure it gets checked by someone that knows what they're looking for. Yeah, it's better
10: safe than sorry. You know, if you're a customer of mine and you've been into my shop and you bring me a car over to inspect for a purchase, I don't charge you nothing. Nope. I want to make sure you know what you got. Yep,
9: I want you to know exactly.
10: And, you know, if you've never been there before and you just show up out of the blue, it's going to cost you 35 50 bucks, 50 something like that. But we're going to do our best to make sure you know what you're buying when you buy it. Yes. And, kind of and that
9: don't is. mean that we can tell you no you're not going to have no problem that's that's not what we're talking about no we're just talking about you need to get it checked to make sure that it hadn't been in water uh, you know and if there's something more out on it yeah.
10: or it needs tires or it needs brakes you'll know what you got yeah. you know there's nobody can in predict the future but I can honestly tell you I can predict the future in one way anything that's man-made can and will break at any time without notice.
9: Yeah, try. That's you what did. I tell people. If human hand touches it, it's subject to messing up at any minute. So, and, and it's and it's true. I mean, well, yeah. you have to
10: remember that we, even when they make these cars, the manufacturers, when they build the cars, they issue a warranty on that car for a certain period of time because they also know that anything they build could have a problem at any time without notice. Well, after, you know,
0: <laughs> I went through that last year. Look at, look at the problems that you're going to have just because the stresses an engine is put under. Yes. I mean, it's huge.
10: Oh, absolutely. The, the temperatures they run them today, they run engines today. Uh, typically years ago, the hottest thermostat you'd have would be 180, something like that now they're 195 198 202 they run these engines as hot as they can get them so they can run the fuel as uh, lean as, as, they can. as
9: lean as they can to get the best fuel economy yeah this this truck i got now 210 degrees on the dash yeah wow that's normal wow. that's that's
0: normal for it heads would be exploding 10 years 15 years ago <laughs>
9: they have got
10: they have got some high-end cars out dave that the engine, electric engine, cooling fan, because it doesn't have a belt-driven one. Okay, they don't come on till they get two hundred and seventeen to two hundred and twenty-four degrees before they turn the cooling. That's fan. asking for
9: problems. Big trucks, Dave. Yep, they come on at two twelve. Cut off. Cut off at one ninety-six. Okay, so they know
0: if you go up to that temperature, the truck or the car can take it
10: yes it'll take it but that gives you a small margin of error for it to overheat
0: mm-hmm.
10: where before if it's normal operating temp was 180 190 now it's 25 degrees hotter yes. it is if you have a if you have a little issue with a fan not running fast enough or not coming on at the right time a sensor not telling it what to do when it needs to do it to keep the engine temp down you'll be sitting there and it'll overheat or you'll be driving when it overheats.
0: Yeah, you don't want to be driving. You don't want your car to overheat. That's <laughs> no. not.
10: There, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of late models out that have a what they call a uh, cylinder head temp sensor, and what it does when the cylinder head gets too hot, it'll actually reduce engine power, slow you
0: down. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk further here with Joe and Duck. 823-0965 is the number to call with your question on the Dave Ellswick Show. Now, I just want to be really honest with everybody who listens on the radio. If you're watching on Facebook, because we're broadcasting live on the Dave Ellswick Show Facebook page and on the Facebook page for 101.1 FM, The Answer, I never go anywhere during the break. So when they say Dave's back
9: not really I never, I never wait a minute
0: now i never left
9: i've seen you time to go get coffee right quick
0: yes i've done that and i've also run to the little boys room yep once or twice but, but most time you sit here, and just, pull sit here us. and just talking to you guys Yep, doing our thing that's
10: how we get our ideas what we're going to talk about that's, that's true in the break you know? yeah
0: we have to do all that and one of the things you said you had two cars already in yep. because of the flooding
10: i i towed them in i had one towed in they were in a toyota little Tacoma and they parked it in about a foot and a half of water while they were trying to get some stuff out of one of their son's houses and when they went back to start it it wouldn't start and uh, it's an electrical issue then I have another one that actually stalled in the water which is it it sucked it in there and it hydrostatically locked it
0: yeah let's talk about that you said it sucked it in that's because the way the airflow happens in the cars now is not they're not coming through the the carburetor at the top anymore. Mm-hmm. It's coming through the bottom. The yep.
10: Most air inlets are on on the lower part of the grill, aren't they? Doug? Yes. They're routed down there so they can get that cool air as they can and suck that in the motor to to use it for the uh, engine. And if you're if you're in water that's lower than that, and if you're going slow, that's one thing. But if you go fast enough and create a wake and you're pushing that with the front tires or push that water forward, when it pushes it forward, if it gets up into that air intake, it's just like a vacuum cleaner. It shoot. sucks it right in there and that's it.
0: And, and then
9: the when car you, does this. Uh, then uh, when you turn it off, then it runs back up through the exhaust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh, 90% stops. of the water comes in through the intake. But but
10: and you can do real serious engine damage. It can uh, you can bend rods and uh, bust uh, pistons and stuff like that. So we don't recommend that. If you can't see the road, just don't drive on it. Just go around. You're never in that big a hurry.
0: Or go back. You know. Yeah. You know whatever you got, yeah, don't go around. in the water. Yeah.
9: Don't do it. And right now, with all these roads just flooded, right now, I mean, it's tough. I understand that. Yes, the water it, it may be to,
10: covering that road, but you don't know—is the road still there? Yeah. yeah. Did it get washed out? Has it got real soft, and you drive close to the edge of it, <laughs> and and slip off the side of it? And how deep is the ditch there?
3: Yeah, you ditch could be three four, That's
10: correct.
9: Yeah. So and, and another thing too, when when the water does go off the roads, we're going to have some bad roads.
10: Oh, absolutely. I Doesn't mean, be,
9: there's going to be chug holes, and there's going to be front ends knocked out of line. You think you know,
10: we had bad potholes before? Yes. We've got bad craters now. Yeah. Yeah. When that water goes down. And
9: yeah. just think about how many front ends is going to be knocked out of line, because – and the counties are going to get to them as quick as they can, but they can't do them all instantly. I mean, you know, it's going to take Especially time. Especially
0: if they got to bring backhoes in and everything to, to repair them.
9: Yeah, well, you
10: know, the sub-base will get soft because it's been soaked in water and when you get traffic flowing back across it it'll start busting the asphalt and then it comes apart
9: and, just, and then you got hose and,
10: yeah but anyway they'll they'll work it out you know and uh just if you can't see the road our best advice in it Duck, is just don't drive on yeah, it. yeah
0: turn around yeah. Uh, i got friends that live out <coughs> natural steps out there by pinnacle yep 300 has been closed since i mm-hmm. believe tuesday yep and for them to get to the town, they got to drive forty miles out of their way, Go all the way around, coming the yeah, other way, coming the other way. You know, and uh, I was talking uh, to them, and they said, "Well, they're telling us they think three hundred might be reopened by Saturday."
9: Well, you so, know the the Weather Channel this tough. morning, I was looking at it, and they're talking about the Arkansas River may be uh july the 4th for it gets back down into his banks oh yeah so. they've been saying that for a while now it's you know. going
0: to take i had french Hill on just a few moments ago mm-hmm. congressman and he said that uh the mississippi is at the second highest stage
9: it's ever been at yes. which means that the water from the Arsenal has nowhere to go no that's it no, yeah. it's just running into a to a wall when it gets to the Mississippi River. They've opened up the spillway, he said, down there by, uh, where, where was it? Down in, in Louisiana yeah, somewhere. Yeah, towards uh, yeah, New to, Orleans. Trying yeah. to relieve some yeah. of the pressure. Yep. Well, you know, up around uh, Crottersville or somewhere up through there, Monday, I think it was, one of the levees broke, and they said the river went down a foot in about 30 minutes, but then it jumped right back up. Sure. You know, it's just sucking all the water into the fields and stuff, and uh I got a customer. He he farms down below Pine Bluff, and he's been working all week trying to get his wheat out of the field. Is Philip is is
0: is he doing all right? Dewdrop doing all right down there? Oh, I yeah. think so. Yeah, he he's he's far enough inland. Yeah, he's, he's far it enough and ain't hurting him. Okay, well that's good because I you know I wouldn't want
9: to hear him doing that. No. Or if that's and good. we need to give him thanks too, Joe, because he yeah, donated he, he two he sure TVs did. to the Ronald McDonald p- Project yep sure did Two sixty-five inch tvs and and drop. we do appreciate you
10: absolutely we appreciate it very much he, and i know the folks from ronald mcdonald house does too
9: oh yeah th- them two ladies they was just tickled to death when i walked by and well they were sitting right next to
0: us and i could hear them talking we didn't have a chance to get them on and and that's my fault we should have worked on getting them but we wanted to get everybody from the bumper to bumper certified service centers on there and we've we were finally able to do that with fuller but i i gotta tell you that uh, they were busy yeet, yeet, talking between each other you know mm-hmm. and it wasn't because they were irritated they
9: were very no, very happy was, yeah. and i asked the lady when she was in there they was counting everything and getting the total i said look once you know once we get everything calmed down could you come go on the radio and you know and, and just tell what all you got and, you mm-hmm. know and, and you know she said she would that she would call joe or me one to set up a time to come with us on yeah, wednesday we'll come bring him on in mm-hmm. here and so. when he gets back uh, rd has said he'd be happy to come i talked us. to
0: rd he's over in scotland right now scotland i was just talking no you gotta say it right yeah. scotland well okay all right so anyway I- <laughs> i'm a dumb old country boy dave <laughs> i just i was just texting with him today and and talking to him because he had heard about that this this terrible death the murder of Linda Collins and was asking me questions about it. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty sad. Fast. Well, it's a sad story, but yeah. it's an amazing how fast it got, got over, there to over him. Got over the Atlantic Ocean
9: to him, so that he knew yeah. what had happened.
10: Well, the news today is
9: worldwide. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had talked to R D about coming on with us, and he was, oh yeah, I'll be more than welcome to go with you Yeah, he likes doing it. Look, he's on every Tuesday when he's yep. not on vacation. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, he'd be more than happy to come on Wednesday, too. More business for him. <laughs> you know what
9: I asked him? I said, you sure mama let you come two days in a row? <laughs> ah.
0: <laughs> isn't that <laughs> hey,
9: the truth? That's the he, he did. A, he laughed at me, too.
10: He's got to get a true. permission slip.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I was talking to Joe. He won't be here next week. That's you know correct. That?
9: he's gonna be here then he'll be in jamaica yo
10: man i'm gonna be in jamaica yo man
0: there
9: you go he's hey, already Dave, getting it, getting ready he's we may need to, to find him one of them hats there. you know they wear down in jamaica yeah i got one. Oh, yeah you got a bright shirt oh yeah you gotta i gotta
0: have a bright
10: shirt, i or... i i have a whole closet full of ugly shirts i promise you <laughs> That's what my wife calls it. I am the king of ugly shirts. I love ugly shirts. <laughs> I do you too. You know that. I Absolutely. like
0: ugly shirts. Too. Here's the key now. He's he, he's going, but he's not going by boat. No. Nope. He's going by plane. That's it. Flying,
10: you ain't going to ride the boat? Nope. We're going to fly in and, and, and spend a week and then come home. We're going to rest up and recuperate. That's so kind of if I was going. Stress I'd, relief.
9: I'd want to get on the. Uh, we was going to go camping, me and her, for. You know, a couple of days this week, and she called the check up where we was wanting to go, and they said, uh, We only have 40 campsites. Yeah, you got a submarine? Yeah. That's they were full of water, so we didn't go. So,
0: I had uh, some folks from Parks and Tourism on last week, and they said that the flood has hurt
9: more of the cores area than it has the states area so and that's where we was going to the core part oh okay up on bull shows uh we was going to go trout fishing for a couple of times but trout. we decided that. we'd stay home and so but uh do you, we'll go somewhere do here in you a couple catch
0: of and eat or do you catch and release
9: uh the last time we went i, I released all of my caught i didn't but Just i'll bring you some this time
0: I don't understand that
10: Dave wants some trout. Yeah, they got too many say, bones
0: in them, Dave. Get, no, you can get those bones out. But anyway, I, people, I, I used to say this and get crazy because you know people say catch and release. I said, yeah, in hot grease. <laughs> and that's what you want to do. Put, so release them in the hot grease it's good. Trout is so good Dave. After fish. we come
9: back from break, yes, we're gonna give a vacuum cleaner away. Are we? Yeah. Okay.
0: Fifth collar Let's uh, let's talk about bumper to bumper. They did such a great job at the car show. I just want everybody to know that you should be going out to uh, Bumper to Bumper and uh, getting your parts from them.
10: Absolutely, you know they 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 have the best parts, the best price, and the best service. Service, right? yes. That's what we like about Bumper to Bumper, and that's why we use them. Uh, you know, you can you could say I'm shopping for a part to repair a man's vehicle. I don't necessarily want the cheapest part, I want the best part I can get at the best price and I need the best service to get it over here as quick as they can so I can get this guy on the road.
9: Yep. And and a lot of times too, Joe, the the cheapest price ain't always the cheap price. No. A lot of times you can spend two or three dollars more and get and get a good one. Exactly. And you don't have to worry about it. It's kinda like wheel bearings. You can buy these these wheel bearings for these new four trucks. You can I found some cheap as eighty dollars they're not worth a hoot but you get about six months out of them and guess what they're out again and Mm -hmm. you know then you hear you go again and you know i don't buy them you know unless i got one customer that he swaps and sells and trades all the time i do put them in his but i tell him when you go through that door it's yours it's not mine
10: well you know the bumper to bumper guys certified service center program is a fantastic deal. We have a great warranty. We have quality parts at uh,
9: quality price. That's
10: it, and and quality service to get them to us. And it's it's it, it's a fantastic relationship we have with them.
9: And and not only that, Dave, but every one of the guys we deal with. Joe deals with different people than I do. Uh, they're just super nice people. They go out of their way to help us. Absolutely. I mean, they he, all the way down to Jerry Roacher, you know, he, he when I need something from him, I'll pick a phone up. And if he don't answer, he'll send me a text right back. I, I'll call you right back. You know, in a few minutes, well, he's back on the phone with me.
0: He did a lot with the car and truck show. He does. Yes, he is. He does. He
10: did, and so did uh, Chris uh, Ryder. Chris now, I, yeah. I'm going to give some little bit of uh on chris chris did a great job especially his son his sons want to come up with that spreadsheet and chris and his son are the one to come up with our judging format
9: yes they
0: figured it out
10: it's 100 points per sheet three, and right. three times and so it's judged three times three different judges
0: Yeah, bill it, says they use it at all the, oh, the competitions yeah now. it's
10: it's you know and if a, if a guy says well i want to know what i scored lowest on I can pull that spreadsheet and say it. right here is what you scored lowest on. Well
9: it's kind of like Bud last year you know he come in second and he want to know why and they went and pulled it up and, and every one of them had his interior you know low. One
10: minus one or two because it, it was war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had a little issue here and there so he went and put new interior
1: in. <laughs> and and it he did got another trophy. And yeah. it
9: did look good whoever did that no, interior. I mean, you bet you The button hook is that what they did for him? I, it looked original to me. I mean. All right.
10: Well, kind of, sort of, but different.
9: Yeah, he he had added a you know a little bit of, you know tweaks you know twerks here and there, but it did look good. Yeah, it looked I mean, really good. whoever did it spent a lot of time.
10: I talked to a few people there, and and they all agreed that uh, he had the, he had the best car there. It Just cheaper. I didn't you couldn't mind faulted.
9: Bumper to
0: bumper, does a lot. Yes, they do a lot for your uh, car. They do a lot for the Ronald McDonald House. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Finish it up. Joe and Duck are here, and we're going to give away a vacuum cleaner when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. We're looking here, uh, or I'm looking right now, at the uh, website for Silver Dollar City.
10: All right. (laughs) (laughs) You hear that.
0: Uh, And trying to find out what is the name of this new roller coaster. Time Traveler. Time Traveler, that's right
9: yeah time travelers got all movement.
0: kinds of pictures of it on here and so your friend said he never has ridden a roller coaster he got sick on until he rode this one
9: huh yeah he he actually told me he said, i wanted it off and that's it's such a short ride That's <laughs> typically under 90 seconds 44 seconds he said
0: 44 seconds
9: but he said when them cars start spinning in a circle he said hey, it got me
0: yep the the car you send it said in turns all right Depending on how you're moving on the roller coaster, and the first drop is a ninety degree
9: drop, straight down off top of the
0: mountain, which starts them immediately, and then you go. I think there's a there's three twists in it, couple under you know turn you around underneath and all of that. I looked at it on television. I looked at Linda. I said, "Man, I wouldn't mind riding that." Now that you told me, now I'm (laughs) wondering. Now I'm wondering. Carry a barf bag, you be all right? Yeah, well, you need a bag because you don't want to let it fly <laughs> if you're if you're spinning around. I'm just saying. I, I,
10: I'm going to tell you, most people that let it fly, they don't plan it to happen, and <laughs> yeah, it flies.
9: Yeah, it does. <laughs>
10: just don't want to be on there with them when
9: that oh, happens. So you don't
0: or down be on the, the ground you below. You don't want to a car behind them either. I'm just saying. And I like to
9: ride in the front car. Now, that's where he was in the front car, and he mm-hmm. said it He said it. He said he was fine when he broke off because, you know, he said the fall didn't. He said, but when that car got spinning in a circle and it went up through the loop-de-loop, he said that was it. it, That was it, yeah. You know what I like about it? I like the front car, but I also like the very end.
0: And the very end, the best part about it is that when you go over that first hill, the whole roller coaster disappears in front of you. It's just you sitting up there, (laughs) and it's like... No getting out of this now, <laughs> and then it <they> whips <laughs> over the to top. Yeah.
9: yeah, and then you see everybody in front of you. Yeah, and then you see everyone. well, you can hear everybody. Yeah, screaming You
0: go over. Yes, it's, it's it's fun. I love roller coasters. I don't do well on things that spin, so maybe it wouldn't be a good one for me. He know. said
9: he 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 loves riding. He said, but when when it fell off and started down the backside and that thing Carl went spinning in a circle, yeah. he said that was it. He said he he. He pretty Forty well seconds. Lost it. I think he said it's forty-four seconds. That's going. That, that's not from the
0: release. That's from the point that you've climbed up the hill. The I think he day. said
9: it's like seventy-eight mile an hour or something. Another. Yeah,
0: dropping. Yeah, that's fast.
9: That's what I heard. anybody over there got a crowbar?
0: I, I don't have a crowbar. I need help. What happened? Y'all talking about roller
5: coasters in this chair? Just it never mind.
1: <laughs>
9: <laughs> it throw you out on the ground, Russ. Uh, it tried to. <laughs> he was
5: trying it to spin trying. over there. <laughs> it was
0: doing its thing. Okay. So anyway, but we've got to give away vacuum cleaner. A vacuum cleaner. So what? Let's just do a third caller. Okay, that's fine. Third caller, eight two three zero nine six five. Do this real quick. Eight two three zero nine six five. You want one of those small? Uh, vacuum cleaners we give away. So wet, dry vac, and gotta go with, to Dickies and pick it up. Yep, yeah, comes in a, with a five gallon bucket. bucket and a whole nine yards. We'll give it to the third caller eight two three oh nine six five right here on the Dave. Phones are ringing and people want. I it. can see them. They want it. They want it. That's how it works. But
9: right. another thing too, Dave. We need to thank all of uh, the, the Fletcher's from bumper to bumper, and you know, and like you say, Jerry Rocher, He does him and Chris and Chris his son. Um, they figured out all the winners you know between taking all the score sheets and making and looking and making you know he has a spread he puts everything on and um they well, work hard just just so everybody
10: understands me and Duck and several of the other guys once they're all scored up, we will go back out and we will go look at some cars for a second or third time it's because the score sheets are tied
9: yeah because tight. they're so the close points
10: are tied. tight yeah. and, and then we actually have to go look and yes we're going to make the call on it whether you're a thirst plate, third place first place whatever if you're tied with somebody we're going to make the call on who wins that spot
0: yes. and here let me explain something else if one of the people they go out to see happens to be one of their uh customers Will they that, have nothing to say about it
10: no you'll have to find somebody else to make yeah that
0: call. they step away at that point
10: yes there's no favoritism i promise you not yeah. whatsoever yeah that's what's good i it's mean it's all random
0: it's it's for everybody who goes there if you win there's a reason to win all right let's talk to jared jared how are you i'm good how are you we're doing fantastic you uh waiting for this uh wet dry vac we got for you
10: so <laughs> car got wet you might need that
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah
2: yeah
9: what kind of car you got, Jared?
2: Uh, I drive a 2015 Mazda 6 right now.
9: So, Jared, uh, do you ever come to Benton?
2: Very rarely. Do you yeah, ever go, go by Joe's direction.
9: place? Do you ever go by Joe's place? Joe's garage I've over north? way
2: before. I've, yeah, I've, I've done business with Joe before. It's been years, though.
9: Okay, I'm going to bring the vacuum cleaner and, and drop it off at Joe's place. Yeah, just come by okay. and, and then you and can pick, you pick it up it there. it be closer for you.
2: All right.
9: All right, sounds good. I'll try to get it up there at the end of this week or the first of next week.
0: All right. All right. We appreciate your call. Yes, sir, Jerry. Thank, Thank you, for, you, Jerry. Thanks right. for Thank coming. We appreciate Thank you. you. All right. And, and don't forget that Joe won't be there. He'll be in Jamaica. But
10: Steph will have it, and, and, yep. and she'll have your name and, and be able to give it to you. Yep.
0: She'll take good care of you. <laughs> she All right, will. guys. Thanks so much Thank for coming. Thank you, Dave. In. All right, got to get a break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about tariffs and other things here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's get into the final hour. I told you we'd talk a little bit more about tariffs. Uh, We will do that right now. Uh, If you've just joined us, uh, I'll play some uh, sound that we had earlier today, and I'm going to play a segment back from the interview I had with Congressman French Hill from District 2, so you can hear his thoughts on these tariffs, the... uh, a uh, group that the president uh, asked to talk to the Me- Mexican leadership at the White House today with Vice President Pence, Pompeo, uh, there as well. And uh, Homeland Security was there also. Uh, they had a two and a half hour discussion. Uh, just been reported that the Mexican president uh, has now said that he believes that they can reach an agreement before uh, the Uh, Tariffs go into place. And remember, these tariffs start off at 5% for June. And then if they don't come to an agreement by the end of June, then in July it's 10. Then August, it becomes 15. Then 2025, up to 25%. I don't believe we're ever going to get there. All you have to do is kind of watch the stock market and how it reacted today uh, up uh, over 200 points. So um, I just don't think the stock market would have been in that kind of positive territory and another 500 points yesterday uh, if uh, people believed that the tariffs were going to go into effect. Uh, Lindsey Graham was uh, interviewed earlier today, and he had some interesting things to say about these tariffs. You know, he's been saying that uh, Congress and the Senate should wait and see what it is exactly happens with what the president is trying to do, and I agree with that. Instead of sidling up, you know, against the president, you know, back the president, which gives him even more leverage on the Mexican government, and see if he can't force them to do more about immigration. Not saying they're not doing anything, but make them do more. Here's what Lindsey Graham had to say.
7: Okay, so there's a lot of talk about what happened today behind closed doors, Republican senators having a conversation about this. Where do you stand?
8: Well, tariffs would, would, would be tough on the economy, but the border is broken and it needs to be fixed. And if tariffs is what it takes to get Mexico to do better on their side of the border, I'm all for tariffs. Trump's not the problem. Mexico's the problem Republicans are not the problem Democrats won't vote to change the laws now why do we have a million people coming here from Central America they know that if you read a card claiming asylum you're entitled to a hearing it takes three or four years to get a hearing we don't have enough bed space so we let you go so all you got to do is claim asylum I got a bill that says you have to claim asylum in your home country Mexico no longer can you claim asylum here we ship you back if you try to claim asylum on our soil if you bring a small child with you, we can't send that child back. We're going to change that law. Ninety percent of this will stop. But Mexico provides buses to these people. Mexico is doing better. But I'm not blaming President Trump here. I'm blaming the Congress because we can't do our job. And I'm blaming Mexico.
7: Okay, well, Senate Minority Leader, Democrat Chuck Schumer, says that the president is to blame for this mess that's happening around He's the border. Sort of said
8: it was but, a manufactured crisis, too.
7: Well, this is also what he says today about whether the president means it not with these tariffs here's what he said
3: president trump has a habit of talking tough and then retreating because his policies often his tough talk can't be implemented or doesn't make sense president trump has a habit of proposing asinine and dangerous policies before backing off
7: He doesn't think the president will do it.
8: Well, here's what I would tell Senator Schumer, the president destroyed ISIS. He's taken China on for the first time ever in a very effective way. He's got Mexico's attention. They're here in town tomorrow, and I'm going to meet with the foreign minister. Here's what I would tell Senator Schumer. This is not President Trump's fault. President Trump didn't create this problem. Our laws are broken. As long as you can claim asylum in the United States and never be deported after you make the claim, they will come forever. We're on track to have a million people come over this fiscal year. We've doubled in 2019 the problem we had in 2018. So Senator Schumer and my Democratic colleagues are fixated on President Trump. It's Mexico and the Congress that needs to up their game.
7: Well, let me ask you: Do you think Congress would vote, and whether it's veto-proof or not? And a lot of people think it would be, uh, you know, a, a resolution of disapproval against the president if he does this. Here's
8: what I would tell the president: I hope to talk to him tomorrow ask Mexico to do two or three things that they're not doing that would matter. Help us make sure you apply for asylum in Mexico or Central America, not the United States. Stop giving them buses to get to our border. A few things you could do would help the problem, and if they'll do those few things, we won't do tariffs. But if they refuse to help us, what options do we have? Tariffs will create economic problems, but the border is a complete, utter disaster. I'd hate to be the Republican that took Mexico side on this deal if they won't help us
0: there you go all right so that's what lindsey graham had to say <coughs> hey, excuse me earlier today i had uh, congressman french hill on uh, the show about three thirty-five to 4 o'clock today and uh, the first thing we talked about were the uh, tariffs on mexico and here's how our conversation went on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick show today, let's start off by talking about Mexico, because that's on everybody's tongue right now. What's your take on all of this? I mean, I understand what the president is doing. Mexico's not doing enough to stop this uh, surge that's happening down on the border.
2: Well, Dave, thanks for having me. It's good to be with you. I I understand where the president's coming from, and he has been taking A lot of strong actions behind the scenes to get Mexico's help. And as you know, a few weeks ago, they volunteered to hold people seeking asylum on the Mexican side of the border and uh, provided short-term places for them to just wait before they presented themselves on the bridge to the United States. They have offered asylum. To every Central American immigrant, so anyone who comes out of Guatemala into Mexico has been offered asylum uh, in Mexico, only about a quarter of these caravans or travelers or whatever have accepted that option, and then when they get up there, uh, they have actually turned away a lot. I think the number I saw was uh, maybe Mexico had returned about 100,000 people on their own back to Honduras or El Salvador. These are people who come into Mexico. So it's true we have these caravans. It's true they're at unprecedented numbers. It's true that we're back in the soup of trouble, of overcapacity, just like we were in the Obama administration back in 2014. But to say that Mexico is kind of doing nothing, I don't think that's 100% right. And so my attitude is I think the president ought to have the ambassador in Mexico and Salvador, Guatemala, uh, Honduras in his office talking about how we're going to get this situation turned around, both in Central America and Southern Mexico, through national security means, Homeland Security dollars, training, better border security in Mexico, and then of course the economic anti-crime efforts that we have going in in Guatemala and um, in El Salvador and in Honduras. But um, and that meeting. You know, I think could have been put in place, Dave. In personal opinion, just me talking. You know, without threatening five percent tariffs on Mexican goods. That's just my personal opinion. In fact, I know it would happen, and I know we would just have just as much clout as threatening uh, that tariff.
0: Okay. Personal so, view. Well, then, you know, what's your thoughts? Why is the president, you know, bringing the tariffs to bear? He evidently doesn't believe that the Mexican government is doing what you're supposed to be doing
2: yeah no and this is where you know i don't have perfect information about everything that the president has access to access to information wise and in and uh, it's also it's such a sensitive time as we attempt to try to get the usmca agreement approved here in congress so there's a there's another angle to this that's important which is getting Democratic and Republican backing to replace the NAFTA agreement with USMCA, that also takes presidential lobbying and diplomatic skills on the part of the president. And this effort doesn't help getting USMCA approved in the Congress.
0: Yeah, Something has to be done, Congressman. I mean, Democrats have been sitting on their hands for years. Republicans have brought some things to the table. They've been shot down uh consistently in May alone 144,000 illegals uh were apprehended at the border and we don't have any place to, to you know the motels are full so to speak
2: yeah i mean the the fault of why we don't have the border security dollars in the plan that we need is sits on the hands of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer because we've provided those written plans, we provided the exact use of the money. We've provided the exact information about the border security means that we need. Republicans have, for the most part, almost universally voted for that, both last year when we had control of both houses, as well as this year uh, as we've attempted to get those votes on the House was run by now the Democrats. So that's all true. Um And it doesn't change the fact that we need Mexico to do more. Uh, But I think that they are prepared to do more. And I don't know that you have to uh, bring tariff policy into immigration policy to achieve it. But irrespective of that, This meeting is taking place while the president comes home from his Europe trip, and hopefully he'll have a good report over the weekend about uh, the steps that Mexico are planning to take. But let me tell you, it's not just Mexico, it's Honduras and Guatemala. And last week, the acting Secretary of Homeland Security was in Guatemala going over exactly how they're going to change uh, the border security parameters in Guatemala, which is the border with Mexico. Right. These Salvadorans and Hondurans are coming basically through Guatemala to the Mexican border. And that was encouraging to me. Uh, And there you saw the government very eager to have American help to help curtail that effort. Well, they want
0: American American dollars down there.
2: Well, they've got American dollars down there. I would argue the money, whatever money we're spending down there for national security purposes, which is several hundred million dollars has not been well overseen the last few years and we ought to be getting more for whatever investment that we're making in drug fighting uh, transnational crime fighting and then this border uh fighting but don't forget you don't have a you don't have a solid you have not had i shouldn't say you don't have now but you've had serious governmental challenges in honduras and el salvador where you don't have the ability to properly spend and use money in an effective way
0: all right back with you uh kind of an interesting discussion i thought after listening to lindsey graham and then what we heard from the congressman as well i, I think that i land uh, firmly in between both of them and that i think that the president should use as much pressure as he can on uh, on mexico to get them to do more uh, as I told you earlier here in the half hour, the uh, Mexican president says that he feels that there will be a uh, agreement here in the next couple of days uh, dealing with this whole thing with the, the tariffs. Hey, Sonny's Auto uh, uh, Salvage wants you to know that they can save you a lot of money by using a well-maintained total loss vehicle for your parts your car you get an engine that goes by bad and you want to put another engine in it instead of going and getting an oem a factory uh, engine uh that's going to cost you maybe five six thousand dollars get one out of a total loss vehicle that's still very very good and save about three or four thousand dollars what i did for my uh, my suv i did it with an engine i did it also with a transmission and every part is guaranteed. It comes with a standard warranty. They give you a one, two, and three-year warranties on all parts. So, you know, go green, but go green, uh, that saves you money. That's the big thing to do. With Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. 982-7451. That number one more time. 982 Five one. All right. Some other things I uh, wanted to deal with today uh, was some other sound that uh, I had uh, dealing with uh, members of Congress and, and some other areas. Klobuchar, look, she must have just been give, given points to to talk about. Didn't give her Give her. Uh, uh, let her see real news coverage of what was happening. You got all these people that uh, from the Democrats saying, look at the president, he's gone over to London and he's being treated uh, badly. Uh, The people hate him. Uh, Queen Elizabeth doesn't like him. Uh, You got all these other people that don't care for him. And they've painted his trip to Europe as being some... uh, You know, big failure. It has been anything but a big failure. Uh, Here, here's Klobuchar. Let her tell you what she thinks happened over in london what do you make of the president's trip so far
8: well i think as usual uh, he took what should be an opportunity to showcase our nation and started out with the usual which is creating some chaos which is making negative news which is going after uh, the mayor of the biggest city in the country london and calling him a stone cold stone cold loser or going after the princess one of the princesses and calling her nasty uh... These are things that he did, and uh, you add that just to uh, the general chaos he's creating at home with the five percent tariffs on Mexico, with promise of more to come after that goes into place. He says uh, very soon in June. Um, that's the kind of chaos he likes, and I just think that's not how you embark on international diplomacy uh, with one of our best allies.
0: All right, so that's what Klobuchar said. Now let's let's bring us back to reality here all right let's talk reality the mayor of london attacked the president first made all kinds of aspersions we don't want you here in london blah 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 and the president uh took some shots back at him uh the queen was present when he said what he said uh she didn't get upset with him and the thing about the princes the princes took shots this is stuff that Uh, The princess said before she was a princess. This goes back a while to around 2016 where she said that she'd move out of the United States where she said that he was a misogynist and on and on and on and he hadn't heard what she had said and uh, he made the statement I didn't know that she was being nasty like that and He didn't say she was nasty. He was saying what she had said was nasty. And uh, they cleared that up, I guess, on Pierce Morgan uh, this morning on uh, British television. So they've been blown out. Again, it's typical fake news from a lot of the different media sites here in the United States. I didn't get the chance to get Brett Bozell on today. We had talked about having him. He's got a new book, and we're going to have him on next week, uh, or pardon me, a week from Monday on the 17th, a new book called Unmasked and How the Media is Out to Destroy uh, the President. And he'll give you other exact lies that the media uh, have told. So we just wanted to make, I just wanted to make sure we covered that. It's not like he started this, that he just showed up on a foreign soil and and went nuts on people. That's not the case. All right, let's get the news, and then we'll be back. Hey, PI Roofing, Home Solutions, uh, reminding you that we'll give you the highest quality gutter cleaning now. Uh, They bought out Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services, and now they offer that to you, uh, as well as their great comprehensive roofing that they do and home repair expertise. I've had my roof done by PI Roofing. I've had some home repair done by PI Roofing. I don't need to do the uh, the whole deal doing with the gutter cleaning. I've got that taken care of. Bottom line is, though, if you need any of those things done, they are the people to turn to. Joel Johnson and Veronica Johnson, his wife, the owners of uh, PI Roofing have professionals to take care of you in any Instance of the work that they offer. All you have to do is go to piroofing.com, piroofing.com, and uh, you can check out where to contact them. You can uh, see exactly what they offer and how they offer it and how they stand behind it. That's uh, PI Roofing Home Solutions, whether it's getting your gutters cleaned, getting something repaired from a leak that you had in the roof, or replacing a roof. They can do it for you at PI Roofing. You know, you got uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or Senator Bernie Sanders, and even the entire Democratic field now telling you that private property is bad. I mean, that's one of the main uh, goals of uh, socialism, getting rid of private property. And in the extreme case, we see them pushing Uh, Hard now, uh, depending on who you listen to, some pushing harder than others, but all pushing hard on the Democrat side to the left, uh, that we need more socialist programs. Let's face it, we've already got a lot of socialist programs. I mean, welfare and a lot of other things is nothing but redistribution of wealth coming from uh, the people who have to the people who, quote, don't have. Uh, and, you know, they want you to feel shame because uh, you own uh, property. Uh, why should you have the right to own something if the guy who lives next to you doesn't have the same amount that you have? I mean, what gives you the right to have, let's say, four color TVs in uh, your home while he's only got one or How should you be able to have a refrigerator full of T-bone steaks and he has none? Why do you have the right to own a car when the person next to you doesn't have one? Or when the bum that's drinking booze out of a plastic bottle on the street doesn't own a car? According to these uh, radical folks, there's something unfair about all of that. That's an example of social injustice. Actually, though, private property is great. Here's what private property does it's one of the best things ever. And shared property is not that great. We're told in this culture that private property is bad and it's primitive. That in an advanced society, we will give up some of our private ownership of property and then we'll all just hold things in common, like the mythical people in the beautiful paradise that we envisioned before the social contract. That's what we're being told. It's going to be a Gene Roddenberry society that we live in. Nobody will have any money. Everybody can buy everything. Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, gave a speech at Tulane University where he said that in the beginning, we all just kept our property to ourselves, and then we all just did things for ourselves. But then when we became civilized, we realized we needed to do everything together together. And we needed to surrender our ownership and we needed to just kumbaya altogether at all the time. The actual history of civilization is exactly the opposite. Do you know that? Have you done any history reading? Primitive tribes are not the most selfish. They don't have the most private ownership and they're not the most capitalistic. Primitive tribes are the most socialistic. They don't really have concepts of private property. When you look at primitive tribes, for instance, in Papua New Guinea or in the Amazon jungle or even in historical examples with Native Americans, they don't really hold private property. They hold all the goods in common and their economies don't really take off. They don't really produce very much and they don't enter into a state of advanced civilization. It doesn't grow society. It's simple. Societies only begin to advance when they develop concepts of private property and when they develop concepts of government and law to protect, to protect, not take, to protect that private property. The reason for that is only when you have private property do you have any incentive to work, to produce, to really go out and till the land. It's true not just in the ancient civilizations or in the remote tribes in Papua New Guinea, but it's true in American history. Just read a little bit of American history. All the great things that have happened in our country have happened because people want it to advance. People want it a little bit more. They want it better things for their families. They want better things uh, for their children. Now we're looking at going in a completely opposite direction. And with that in mind, think that if we go in the opposite direction, that what you see around you now will disappear. Always remember, and I'll I'll keep harping on this, Jefferson said it first, President Gerald Ford repeated it incessantly back in the 70s, that a government big enough to give you everything is big enough to take everything away. It's happened in other countries over the history of mankind. It could very well happen here in our country as well. So uh, fight for private property. Fight for capitalism. Fight for ownership of, of what you work hard for, not to give it to somebody who refuses to work. By the way, have you been noticing what's going on out in California, in LA, and in San Francisco, and quote, the homelessness problem, and have looked at the disgusting things that are happening in their major cities in California. In LA, police officers, typhus, that's right, come down with typhus, have come down with hepatitis because of the people who uh, live on the streets. And have decided they like living on the streets. I mean, they have a whole department now in San Francisco that they go to work. And you know what their job is? Literally to use high-powered hoses to clean the crap that's on the streets because the people are defecating all over the place. It's disgusting. And they can't figure out a way to tell people no. Keep all that in mind, all right? Hey, coming back, Carrie's on after me today, so we're going to bring her in here, let her talk about what it is she's going to talk about, and we'll finish up this edition of the Dave Ellswick Show, plus I'll tell you who to expect tomorrow, all right? The guys that you're seeing in back back of you are both legal immigrants.
11: (laughs) They look like it with that curly hair. they're,
0: they're, They're here, and they're getting ready for Carrie's show, which is coming up. In the next uh, next hour, uh-huh. what's coming up?
11: Up in your business with Kerry McCoy, and I'm Carrie McCoy, and we're going to interview. Go- uh, who are
0: you going to be up in the business with?
11: Me- retired meteorologist Ned Permy. You know,
0: I I could kick myself in in, in the uh, don't say into it. humps.
11: I say that to you all the time. No, don't do say that. it.
0: Yeah, I could kick myself in humps. I wanted to have him on before he retired.
11: Well, now you can. I've had
0: him on. before. If he gets here
11: early, we'll get him in here before.
0: Yeah, I I've had him on. Uh, Before, because I I always liked him to do at Christmas Because he plays the piano. Yeah. And I don't ever have a a piano, so I just pretend (laughs) like he's playing it and then sing. No, we play it off of the internet for him. That's a well-loved song.
11: Uh, It's a well-loved guy. You know, he's been doing that for over 40 years.
0: He's never answered my question, though. Which is? Does he have a rotisserie that he attaches himself to in the backyard to stay so tanned?
11: (laughs) I think he has a, one of those tanning coffins, they call them, yeah, don't
0: Yeah, he's got a tanning bed, I'm sure. But I just mm-hmm. think it would be great. Look out your bedroom window and look over in his backyard, and he's on a rotisserie and turning. Somebody mm-hmm. just comes out and springs, springs, spritzes him with Hawaiian tropics. Well,
11: he's a very interesting, diverse guy. I've been reading about him all week, and we're going to talk about his. He's an artist. We're going to talk about his art. That's what he's doing now. Okay. He's uh, exhibiting here in West Little Rock. He's a pianist. He's been up for a uh, uh, emmy award uh, regional uh, emmy award for uh, music he wrote and then he's a meteorologist and before,
0: a very good one at that
11: but before you were even meter he was a weatherman and then i'm not sure why or when we had to change to meteorology as being in your title but somewhere they had in to have career- a college degree well he had one in communications
0: yeah but no they wanted one in meteorology for him so oh. that when people watched him and they said he had the seal of approval from the Meteorological Association or whatever, that gives you some more. Oof.
11: Yeah. And when did that come? Gravitas. When did that come into being?
0: Probably in the 80s.
11: Yeah, I would think. Well, he came to Little Rock. I'm I'm telling my whole show. But he came to Little Rock in 1984.
0: He'd been around for a long time.
11: That's like 40 years.
0: One, two, I mean, three, 35 years. He still looks like he's 20 years old. I know. <laughs>
11: So I loved I'm trying your guest. To make sure so I loved your guest today. Show. Yeah. He's probably driving over listening. He just got off work at the art gallery at 5:30. He's driving over. Okay. Uh the art group in West Little Rock. But he um I lo- I mean, I loved your guest today. French Hill. Yeah. He's French. one of my friends. The I,
0: congressman and I have known each other for quite some time.
11: Did you know that he is a seventh generation Arkansan?
0: That I didn't know. His i know he loves arkansas
11: he loves arkansas and his original family was a pioneer They came by horseback covered wagon and riverboat to settle in arkansas in the early 1800s but when it was a territory
0: very cool
11: i know but you know you had to be kind of tough to do that yeah you know they carried possums around and treated them like dogs <laughs> they did they carried possums around and treated them like dogs isn't that weird
0: they were able to domesticate
11: them they did
0: that's pretty cool and uh i always like talking to you because i learn things
11: the indians it was in the paper because i had this girl on who was reading um i had kate ask on who owns yellow dog press who's also a book historian and she brought in a book from uh
0: Oh, oh, There's, there's Ned. There's Ned. <laughs> there's Ned knocking on.
11: Let me in. Somebody let Ned in the back door.
0: I'm not get him in here and, and tell him he's not late yet. He's okay.
11: Oh, I'm Let's so glad home. he dressed up for us.
0: Did he? Did he dress? No.
11: up? No. Look, that's what happens Come when you become in, retired, Head. Ned. You start wearing t-shirts and blue jeans and comfortable shoes everywhere.
0: Say, to every, say hello to everybody on on Facebook.
1: Hello, everybody on Facebook. Sit down.
11: (laughs) Sit
0: down. This is my way of getting you on my show. Yeah,
11: I know. I told him I said he's going to steal my thunder.
0: And you've been around as long as I have. No, just twenty years. Twenty. Yeah, twenty years. Not quite as long. (laughs) But how long have you been been doing media? How many? How many years? Forty-one years. Forty-one. And that was enough. (laughs) In August, I will hit fifty years.
1: Good for you.
11: You know, Dave interviewed uh, Ronald Reagan. Yes, he really? did. Yes, he did in uh, the Vietnam War.
0: No, not the Vietnam War. What war? No, it was, there was no war at that moment.
11: Well, that's not a funny thing. You could have been in the Vietnam War.
0: Well, I could have been, but I wasn't.
11: So when I went did to you...
0: Grenada later on.
11: Grenada. Yeah. Grenada. 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 You
1: say tomato. Reagan became um, president in 1980. Yes. Yeah, that oh, was after the oh, Vietnam War.
11: Oh, well, I hadn't put it like quite <laughs> like that. You're exactly right. Yeah. I hadn't really put all that together yet. But you did. Now, how long were you in? He could have been in 20 years. I was in Don't ni- start dishing nine on years. me.
0: I was in nine years with Armed Forces Radio.
11: Um,
0: I did all the internal information for you. He the Air was,
11: Force. hello, what is that? Good morning. Vietnam. Vietnam, except for, like you said, it wasn't Vietnam.
0: Now, I knew him.
11: Who?
0: The man who said good morning.
11: Uh, Robin Williams.
0: No. <laughs>
11: oh, you mean the real guy that said that? <laughs> the,
0: the real guy. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. Adrian Cronauer. Yes, Adrian Cronauer. He was a. He became an FCC attorney uh, after he left Vietnam. He helped radio stations stay on the air. That's what he did. He's they, dead now. He passed away. And they a few wrote years a. Ago.
11: And they made a movie about him. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Because he was so inspiring to the men over there. Yeah, because he, he was... really
0: was. I mean, people get up, got up in the morning, and he did the morning show, and he'd give them that good morning Vietnam, and they could look around and say, "I lived another day."
1: Did he have an agenda no. regarding the war? Nope, nope. not at all, at all. You I forgot the... what the movie. I forgot the yeah. movie displayed Robin Williams a little bit with a, a little agenda. A little
0: bit, yeah, and he did not have that you're not allowed to do that when you're serving let me just put it that way you're not allowed to do that
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and he was not dating a vietnamese girl
11: oh did he do that in the movie yes well he might have (laughs) earlier how long did you know him?
0: i'm just saying he didn't he didn't do it i knew him long enough to know that he didn't do it all
11: right oh that's good so um I like D Day. I like celebrating D Day. I like talking about it. I like everybody thinking about it. It kind of freaks me out when I think about jumping off a boat and running for the shore, and you've never been in war before. I just cannot imagine. The History what it's Channel like.
1: the other night. I don't know whether you watched it, but the History Channel had a brand new documentary. Uh-huh. on D-Day that was really good, and it's probably on On Demand if you want to watch it. It's yeah. a lot of unforeseen footage, and it mm. uh, th- just went into all the detail of it. There have been a lot of documentaries, but this was a new one, and the History Channel always does a great job with that kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. was
0: down in New Orleans over a Memorial Day weekend, and I went to the World War II Museum there. Unbelievable. If you've never been, you must go. They deal with D-Day pretty extensively. It's really, really good. Excellent.
11: Well, there's so, a lot of people are celebrating it today, but it's actually tomorrow, and I think some people are getting confused about They wanted about it to that.
0: be today, but the weather wouldn't let them. <laughs> so Eisenhower made it tomorrow. And That's I looked what up what the D
11: and D-Day means. Mm-hmm. It means nothing. It means day. D means day. And D-Day is what they say when they're going to go do um, – uh, a siege and they're going to make an attack yep. they call them d-days it, and it's just stuck to that particular event but it's and it's an acronym or a, a word they say or or all um, what was military it, it was really
0: known as what i don't know it had a name what 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 operation overlord Correct. Did you
11: know that Ned? Yes, well. I did.
0: Yeah, That—that is—that's what it was called, <laughs> Operation Overlord. My father fought. He didn't. He was not a D-Day. He was at the Battle of the Bulge. So yeah, he fought in World War II with Patton, Third Army. Badasses.
11: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I'm just My
11: father was a prisoner of war. Yeah, in, that happened uh,
0: to a lot of men too. Two
11: years, and you know they didn't have email. They didn't even do phone calls really mother just gets a a um a letter from um
0: war department
11: mm-hmm this says your husband's been shot down and is missing in action m i a can you imagine yeah.
0: that's better than k i a yeah Just saying.
11: Just uh, western saying. Union it was actually a western Union telegram and then um and then she got who one that, that he song? was found
0: who did that song about western union da 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 da, da. do you remember that song I'm looking, at Carrie. No, she don't. Now
1: you remember. No, that no song. He's the musician. I, I, I'm really, I'm pr- really pretty good at music trivia, but I I don't remember that song. Okay.
11: Well, maybe it's because your tunes off.
0: Russ, Western Union. All right. We need this song. Play he's, play he's it for us. Googling it. Yep. He's finding it. He's got to probably wait for the commercial that's on before it <laughs> to do that. All right. So we were just. Uh, sitting here considering you became a meteorologist. When did that become the thing you had to be? You couldn't be just
1: a weatherman. You had to be a meteorologist.
11: Yeah, we were trying to figure that out before you got here because (laughs) originally you were just a weatherman.
1: Right. Well, everybody was. Everybody was. When I started out in the business, there were no meteorologists on TV. I -hmm. mean, nowhere. And uh, it didn't really start until uh, probably the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go back to school, um, I think it was
11: 1994. Yeah. 94. Well, you were saying
1: the 80s. Yeah, I thought it
0: was the 80s. By the way, here's your music trivia. Here we go. You don't remember singing this song? Come on, here. You remember
11: singing it. Herman Hermes. No, no.
0: <laughs>
1: How about the circle?
0: Thank you. Never heard of. Is that correct? That's correct. Seriously. Did you? You've got your phone out. No, no, no. I did not. Is that not the circle doing
1: that? It's not five Americans.
0: Oh, five Americans. Okay.
1: That was all right. Epitome of the one hit wonder.
0: I love this part right here. Here we go. Play.
1: Western Union. That's the hook.
0: All right, All right, we're almost out of time. <laughs> You're going to hear more from Ted
1: Permy here in just a moment.
11: Ted Permy? Ned. Perman. Did I say Ted? Yeah. Did I you meant say Ted? Ned?
1: It's okay. That's Ned. <laughs> you can call me Edward if you'd okay. like. Is By the way,
11: Edward,
0: I got, I'm, I got him here. I can ask him my question. Do you have a rotisserie in your backyard that you uh, tie yourself to so you can keep a great tan? No, but
1: I have a swimming pool that I'm tied to almost every day.
0: That's sure. how you keep your I've finger. always wanted to ask him that question. All right. got to get out of here. See you tomorrow. J.R., be on with me as well as we'll celebrate the 75th anniversary or remember the 75th anniversary of D-Day